0: Thank you for listening to this Podcast One Sportsnet production, available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One.
1: Hey guys, just done with the pod. We are, how do I want to say this? I think that this is a winning week. We've had, we talked about it early. I won't belabor the point now. Bad run, bad run. Back to fundamentals. And we did something different. We didn't decide our best bets till the end. We heard everybody out all the way through and then round tabled. Wise guy round the best bet. I, I never say bet these because I know a lot of non-betters listen. But if you're betting, bet DSI. Why? It's another line. So how many lines do you have? I don't, if you tell me one, you need two. If you tell me two, you need three. Now, if you got three, you don't need four as much. So you can decide. Do you want to help the show, support the Dream Preview? If you don't, no problem. You'll have another chance in the future. But if you think it's going to help you and it's going to help us, and it might be better to say if it could help you, what are you risking? Well, you get a 100% match on your first deposit. That's a special promo code BELL101, l one o one. And with that 100% match, literally, you're getting paid to try out Bad And if you end up liking them, you've got another out. If you don't, well, you got paid for trying. Can't say it better than that. BadDSI.com, promo code BELL101. That's B E L L 101, all one word. BadDSI.com, on to the show.
0: Welcome to RJ Bell's Dream Preview, weekly winners from his wise guy roundtable, broadcasting from the PreGame.com studios in Las
2: Vegas. Here is RJ Bell.
0: That's right,
1: and it's week eleven, NFL Dream Preview with my wise guy roundtable. To my left, Brad Powers. To my right, Steve Fezik. I'm RJ Bell. Well. It happened. It happened. What happened, RJ? Well, for years, and I mean years, many, many years, I've told you guys a winning batter can have a run worse than you can even really comprehend. A winning batter can go 3-12. and And we went 0-5. Last week, off a bad couple of weeks. And all I got to say is, I it sucks. I mean, obviously, we got the most at stake, super contest, our own bets. Doesn't mean you guys don't feel the pain. But what I found in this business is when you know the guys you're following or considering are betting also, and, and you know, many times, if not most of the time, I would say, betting more. And it doesn't mean that the pain's any more valid. It means it's being felt. Showtime! <laughs> Woo! Dallas, on the road, favored by 6.5 against Detroit. What do you got, Fess?
3: Yeah, so let's talk about Dallas. They're one of the teams that hurt my feelings last week in our Super contest selections, and this one was all on me. That, um, and I regret it. I think I made a mistake with Dallas. Bottom line is I laid three with Dallas. And were they really even better than Minnesota? In my power ratings, I had them better. It was really close. Dallas does not have a strong home field advantage. And, frankly, coaching mismatch, Zimmer versus Garrett. Yeah,
1: but hold on a second. The coaching is going to be built into your numbers. Now, I do think that's an interesting point. It's all built into the numbers, but in extreme cases, there's a multiplier effect. Perhaps. When the
3: game's lined close to them. Well,
1: think? No, that's interesting because then the, the whole end-of-game stuff gets even bigger. So agreed. I wasn't thinking of that. What I was thinking of is Belichick has an edge against the opposing quarterback all the time. But typically, Lamar Jackson withstanding, when it's a first- or second-year quarterback, it's accentuated. So the first- or second-year quarterback's True level is built into their number coming in, so is Belichick's genius. But two plus two equals five mm. when they're extremes. So what you're saying is if Garrett is a bad coach, and I think that's fair to say, and we know Zimmer is a good coach, he's the best ATS in his era. Yep. Maybe there is a two a multiplier effect. Is that mm. what you were getting at? Yes, because if you just start rattling off, oh. Well, we know the coaching, and it's like, whoa, wasn't that built in? Yeah, and specifically in this,
3: in that game, what happened is that Zimmer made the decision, hey, we are not going to let Zeke beat us, and they stacked the box, and Zeke was not able to run all game long, and Zeke was 20 carries, 47 yards, and ultimately, even at the very end of the, ga- the game, Garrett refused to stop giving the ball to Zeke. And I would make the case— in the very end game, when Dallas was favored to win the game when they were in the red zone, he kept giving it to Zeke. Zeke. So, what
1: was the situation when Dallas was favored to win the game?
3: Dallas trailed by four points. Dallas had it second and two on the Minnesota 13 yard line.
1: How much time was that?
3: About a minute and a half left. And, and favored to win? Yes, 65%.
1: Not looking so good for the minus three, though.
3: Not looking good at all for the minus three. So, try grasping at a push, and then handoff to Zeke, stuffed, handoff to Zeke, loss. Now it's fourth down, and uh, yeah, minus three goes down in flames.
1: So, I didn't hear you say anything. Let's talk about this game. No, no, no. Oh. I want to understand what you learned from last week. Oh, well. I mean, one could be don't disagree with me when I keep telling you that your, the idea that the power rating like I still don't know like you didn't even have a good there wasn't a good answer even in the moment which is Dallas's home field was two and a half right yes and in order to lay three you've got to believe the line is three and a half and that just gets you get you 20 you know 20 cents three minus one ten to three and a half 110 is 20 cents right so the idea that Dallas was $0.40 cents better, and that's a little off because we got to come up with a new way to think about three, because if you come a little bit off of three on home field, it's not like you're coming off the most valuable half point in the world. Like, like so three so typically minus three, what's the um, minus three, minus 110? What is the money line in the game? Uh, lay and take.
3: Minus 160 plus 140.
1: All right, so Vigelis is plus uh, one fifty. Right. So you're saying going from Pickham to minus three one ten is fifty cents? Yes. I think that's what we gotta start doing. Is you can say Dallas is worth forty cents, their home field's worth forty, which is mm. two point seven
3: five.
1: Mm. Now, what do we have to do to get to three and a half? We gotta make up the ten cents to get to the full three, and then the twenty cents to get to three and a half. Is there thirty cents of edge? Where was the 30 cents of edge?
3: Well, I expected that Dallas's defense was going to be able to hold the receivers in check, and I was wrong. I was correct about Diggs. Diggs had a subpar game, but this Dalvin Cook, everything I read said that the Dallas linebackers would be able to contain him, and he ran wild, and he caught balls wild. Reception-wise, Dalvin Cook basically beat me in this game.
1: And... Have you reevaluated the—because it was a situation where you were hanging a a lot of your pick on Cousins in a non-one o'clock game. How how would you rate how he played?
3: He played very well. He completed passes that required deft quarterbacking, touch, and he was patient in the pocket— And he was quite impressive, especially in the red zone when the noise in the stadium was at the highest and the pressure was at the highest.
1: So what did you do to Dallas? What reevaluation did you do with Dallas and what did you do with Minnesota?
3: Upgraded Minnesota half a point, downgraded Dallas half a point. Minnesota is now the better team in my ratings.
1: So it was only a half a point to start with? Yes. So how did we get to the 30 cents we needed? I thought that the... There was matchup edges? Matchup edges in the 5 p.m. start time. All right. You know what? Uh, actually, McKenzie, pregame.com research, had something interesting, a little bit backfit here, but 19, uh, 2019, this season, quarterback starts in which they had a QBR of 68% or better. And again, QBR is on a percentage, but still lost the game. Dak Prescott did it three times. Against the Jets, against Minnesota, against the Saints. I think we had him every game. There, <laughs> no, I don't think we had him against the Jets. Matt Ryan did it twice. Flacco did it twice, and then there's about ten that did it once. So literally, there's only two quarterbacks in the entire NFL that had a 68 or better QBR and lost two games. Dak did it three times. Now, what does that tell us? What? 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 what I know is the X's and O's guys, the all-22 guys, are starting to talk about Dak as if he's making a leap. That if you actually look at, and this is back to the next-gen stats, expected completion percentage versus actual Dak, if if I'm recalling what I heard, has the greatest difference to the plus. So meaning he's completing more passes, a greater percentage of passes than any other player in the NFL, quarterback in the NFL, when it comes to, you know, uh, completions that aren't expected. He's giving you more of them. Effectively, that's one of the keys to being an elite quarterback, right? That Aaron Rodgers tight Mm -hmm. throw. I don't know what your eye test is uh, seeing, Fez, but it feels like that. whatever the ebbs and flows of the Cowboys have been, it feels like Dak has taken a step forward this season.
3: Absolutely, and that really was evidenced Monday night. If I Sunday lost night. Sunday night, I lost on the Cowboys. Thank you. I did not lose because of Dak. Dak played masterfully the entire game.
1: So have you re uh, have you adjusted your quarterback ratings?
3: Yes, I have Dak Prescott my number six quarterback right now in the league, right behind Drew
1: Brees. Wow, wow. number six. You got that number right. He's number two as
4: far as what his expected completion percentage is and what he actually completes. Number one is Ryan
3: Tannehill.
1: Oh, that's what I heard. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, Tannehill has been killing Wow, it.
3: Hoo-dah. So much for Mariota <laughs> being as good as Tannehill. We can go ahead and put that one in the waste paper basket.
1: Well, you can. That was <laughs> yes. another thing we disagreed on. I, you know, it's funny. You think my freaking record would be better. I don't think I've lost yeah. a disagreement with him in this whole NFL season, have I? <laughs> No. And you know, it's remarkable about that. And he still doesn't listen, does he? (laughs) About that Tannehill
3: stat that you just quoted, Brad, about him completing more than expected. And RJ, you researched that as far as air yards. And Tannehill is significantly better than Mariota as far as throwing down the field. So think about this. Not only is he completing more than expected,
1: but he's doing it on longer passes. But remember now on a per-play basis, they're assessing based yeah. on the pass, based on the receiver, the height. I mean, they're they're looking at it on a play per. their the, Remember, the NFL themselves owns all of or a big portion of this company. So their theory is we produce the raw data and let everyone else, like Pro Football Focus does a lot of stuff with the raw data. So if you actually look at next-gen stats, there's not a time. It's almost like a game charting thing where they're just charting certain things, and then they're hoping others use the raw data, which is, to me, fascinating. Yep. All right, Fez, let's talk about this game.
3: All right, we're going to lean to Detroit here. I lean Detroit plus 6.5, and, and it's all about the probability that Stafford's going to play. We don't know if it's going to play. Most books do not have a line right now in this game. I see two books that have a lineup. One has three and a half, one one has 4.5. I make... Drop off from Stafford, who you know I like, to Jeff Driscoll, five points, RJ. So my numbers with Stafford, Dallas minus two. With Driscoll, Dallas minus seven. And because um, Super Contest has this line six and a half, I think it's almost a free roll where if you get Stafford, you get a great bet on Detroit. If you get Driscoll, you just get slightly the worst of it.
1: Now, since it's an injury, how much of a downgrade are you assuming for uh, Stafford if he does play?
3: Yeah, it's a great point. I did not make an adjustment. Maybe I should, but seemingly Stafford's been banged up all year long. You know,
1: except this is the first game he's missed. But he actually did.
3: Yeah, and and he hasn't missed a game in forever. Mm -hmm. So you you know what? I probably minus two is too
1: optimistic. So let's do this. Let's get Brad's take, and then you can come with your fresh numbers. This is why we're doing this, Brad.
4: Yeah, and I'm leaning Detroit here as well. I thought I would be on the Cowboys because you kind of swung me when we did the Straight Out of Vegas show on uh, Tuesday, or, or actually Monday, RJ, in that basically the Minnesota game, what was the the national narrative is, hey, Dallas didn't get it, done didn't get it done, kudos to Minnesota, when the reality is with, like Fez said, with a minute and a half left, da- Dallas was the favorite to win that game. And think about how that narrative would change about the Cowboys had they actually pulled through that game. I was expecting to take them in a bounce back spot here, but not at six and a half. I would lean with Detroit. Driscoll Fez actually looked capable last week against the Bears, a pretty good defense.
3: Yeah, especially at the end game where Detroit got down and you're like, okay, Detroit got down 14, this game's over, and he drove them back within seven and had a chance at the end of the game to tie the game. So right now in Vegas, there is a place that's dealing Dallas minus 3.5. This seems like a pretty good free roll. I can lay 3.5 on Dallas, right? And I'm saying the line should either be 3 So where, So right seven. now,
1: where's the 3.5
3: at? Uh, Cantor Gaming. All right. So, I think a Dallas minus three and a half bet. I either have slightly the worst of it or I have a great bet if it's Driscoll. I think it's worth the
1: risk. And what's your guess right now on the percentage chance of Stafford playing? Little over 50%. I got 75
2: with 80 75 80, 80,
4: 80.
1: That's 80. Nice, <laughs> nice brisk pace. Saints, Bucks, all of those Bucks. All right, we talked about this game around our prep for Straight Out of Vegas. Fez, let me kind of cut through some of it so we can get to the real meat. I think you got, I know Brad's got an interesting take on this one, too. Drew Brees, stats not good, but your eye test said something a little different.
3: Yeah, so most of the game, Brees did not have any time. He got sacked six times, but when he did have time, I was actually impressed with a lot of what Brees did, especially. Opening drive, boom, boom, boom. Three long passes. Saints go all the way down into the the red zone, down to the five-yard line. So when he had time, Breeze was effective.
1: Okay, but you're saying the first drive was indicative of that, didn't have a lot of time the rest of the game, though. Correct. But even later in the game, when he had time, he looked fine to you. Yes. Okay. Falcons had uh, seven sacks. Coming into this game, is that correct? Yep, and had six in this game. Yep, and who's the best pass protecting offensive line in football? Was the Saints, wasn't it? I think they're right up there. Yep, I mean, how do we explain
3: this? I think this just came down to effort. I really believe the eye test when I watched the game was that Atlanta came out the effort that they brought. I'll just use one player by for example, their running back Freeman. Out of nowhere, suddenly he was running over people. He wasn't going out of bounds. And that was indicative of the effort I saw throughout for the Atlanta defense and the entire team.
1: What I've heard more from former players than anything, what I've heard is when there's a buy, don't just think good. And we've done a little bit of research finding road teams do better off the buy, like 54% whereas the home teams, I get 50, like nothing. Or 50 against the spread, so the, let, let's just say this. It's not nothing, but it's accounted for fully in the line, but not on the road. Also, though, I keep hearing guys like Mike Lombardi and others talking about how if a team's hot, not a good thing, mm. right? We have trends like winless teams off a of buy. I think what we got to do, like Einstein struggled for his unified theory. Well, this isn't quite as ambitious, but we in the offseason have to set the goal. McKenzie can you know, lead the way or at minimum anchor the work. We need a unified theory of buys because if we spend even 12 hours on in the database, I think we're going to say in these spots, in these spots, because I don't hear many people making distinctions to me, it's teams off a of bye. Yep. So I think there's some hay to make there.
4: It certainly is. And it's funny because everyone says off a of bye. I looked it up in college football. Like 4,000-game sample size in the last 40 years, teams off a of bye. One, one game out of 4,000 above 50%. Is that
1: true? Yeah. Jeez. Stunning to me. That is. Now, what's interesting, though, is I bet if you found early season, yep. late season, what's the spread in the upcoming game? What's the spread in the prior game? You're going to find a lot of interesting yep. things because all that. T- I mean, remember Notre Dame and he won by, but every other their opponent had nine. Yeah. Yep. So th- is that meaningless? Maybe. Yep. Maybe not. Yep. Unified theory of buys. <laughs> Forget that relativity. I mean, let's let's start somewhere we can make money. <laughs> all right, Brad. Let's get your take on the game itself.
4: I'm leaning with Tampa Bay here, but I just can't understand how you can bet New Orleans minus five and a half on the road when just a month ago, the Saints at home against Tampa Bay were laying three. I get it. Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback, but what was your upgrade when Drew Brees came back? Three points. Three points. Okay. So, I mean, they've been laying six at home and now they're laying five and a half on the road. And really, as Tampa so Bay. Wh- so why not like the box? I just don't trust Jameis Winston. How could you? I mean, even last week, I'll be be—I'll be very honest. You know me. I have that Arizona under 5.5 ticket. And if not for Kyler Murray breaking his NFL longest by a rookie attempt uh, as many passes without an interception, 211, if he doesn't throw that bad pick at the end, Arizona beats Tampa Bay. And I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, how could you ever bet Seamus Winston? Because, again, he had another turnover. And he's throwing the ball 300-plus yards, four straight games. But, I mean... Just as many yards and interceptions the same. It's just a lean for me on Tampa Bay.
1: Good. Good. This guy. NFL, college college basketball. I saw you have the the blue ribbon. No, that was Ken No,
4: I have it. You I have brought it? it in a couple days, yeah.
1: Yeah, but unless osmosis, you know, if you sleep with it on your pillow, yeah, perhaps. <laughs> Listen, it took you only got your you know less than a month, and then uh Head right in. in. fact, you and AJ is going to be starting the pod yep. in uh, like December 12, 15, something yep. like that. All right, Fez, you got to pick on this, baby.
3: Yeah, I do like the total. I'm going over the 51. So this is a like. Yes. And it's all about, you know, Tampa Bay, their underlying yards per play numbers are that of an over team. But not excessively so, but I'll make the case. So, so give me
1: the numbers and to explain what you mean.
3: Yeah, so the average yards per play for an NFL team is 5.6 yards per play. So if I look at the Tampa Bay Bucks, they're averaging 5.5 and, and they're giving up 5.5. So they're right at the NFL average level.
1: Sounds like they're below average. By .1, yes. So how are they an over team? They're an over
3: team because they are a turnover machine on offense. So Jameis Winston, I think we talk about turnovers largely being random, and Tampa Bay— you never know what you're going to get from Jameis Winston. You could get a three or four. And let's
1: be clear. We believe turnovers, other than the quarterback giving up the ball, is random. Our, our wild estimate is half luck and half skill for the quarterback.
3: Yes, and Jameis Winston likes to throw the ball down the field. That creates more turnovers. That creates more opportunities of incomplete passes. The clock stops. The bottom line is there's two wide receivers that play for Tampa Bay, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Both are in the top five in reception yards. So a whole lot of production deep, and they're going to have a big matchup edge here because the Saints' best cornerback. Hold on a second.
1: Did everything you just say was all things that's built into the numbers? So they they've had the I mean I know Evans had the flu or something a game and a half back in September but like what significant you're saying that the Bucks have the receivers they have is that what you're telling me Yes and they like to go deep they do and oftentimes they throw
3: incomplete passes
1: Okay so what, how's that. Significant in this game? Because the Saints'
3: best cornerback is likely going to miss, Lattimore. If he plays, he's not going to be close to 100%. So it's a matchup nightmare potentially for the Saints that to have two deep threat wide receivers with their best cornerback, not 100% are out for the game.
1: Okay. So literally it could be, hey, Bucks throw the ball deep. They've got two good receivers. Lattimore's uh, either out or hobbled. Yes. That was all that. Yes. What, what was the point of all the other stuff?
3: No, that's the crux of it.
1: <laughs> All right. What is Latt- – should the listeners wait? Because it seems like uh is not going to – because Lattimore's going to move the spread or the, the total by what?
3: Oh, at half a point.
1: All right. So how much do you think Lattimore is worth?
3: In this case, a little over one point.
1: Okay. So how – I don't. I how is it over then? I mean, you've got to be at least two points over. I mean, because spreads are tighter, uh, more accurate lines with a total. You usually want two points.
3: Yeah, but I yes, but I also like the fact that. Oh, here comes the well. The, with other the part. Jameis Winston turnovers. You 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 have a greater than expected chance to get a pick six touchdown or a turnover so touchdown. That, so
1: you should play the Bucks over every game.
3: Well, if you did that, you're seven and zero. Yeah, so I would. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I would. I'm
4: no Steve Fezzik predicting line moves when it comes to the NFL, but I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn. Seven straight overs is going to start to get the public's attention. I'm sure any Joe Public guy on Sunday that's betting is going to be betting. Oh, I've been winning with the over. Let's go with the over. Saints, true breeze,
1: over. This is back where we got to ask ourselves is it built into the current number? So the current number is 51. And. And your power ratings, what you do, and maybe, listen, if there's not a good answer to this, it's something we got to fix, but we're not going to do it, with you know, in the middle of the season. Okay, so let's use, as a matter of example, the spread power ratings for this game.
3: So New Orleans is six points better than an average team. Okay. Tampa Bay is two points worse. That difference is eight. Mm-hmm. Tampa Bay has a two-point home field. So we get to a calculation of New Orleans minus six.
1: Excellent. Now the question is, what do you expect the total to be? But let's kind of rattle off the way that, and again, this is far from perfect. And I think in the offseason, we're going to want to refine it. But where do we get a baseline of what this number should be, all things being equal, the total? So Fez, your approach or one of your approaches, and Brad does the other one, Historically for us is the idea of you take football outsiders as a baseline. You've got your offensive defense of ratings, which are that reference that. And if you are off, if your numbers off FO significantly, you dig in. Right. Right the theory being they're not that far off.
3: Exactly. So in this case, if you look at the football outsiders and the overall numbers, it would project these teams, the offense to have no advantage against the defense versus an average game, and we would expect an average number of points scored at 47. However... Drew Brees has missed over five games this year. And because of that, you have to go ahead and figure in the extra production that the Saints would add with Brees in their five and a half extra games. And that, that goes ahead and brings this game up to being about, we would expect, two points higher than an average football game.
4: So this is very rudimentary, uh, the way you can also look at least if the total's in line for where it should be. And it's quite simple. You just look at how many points per game is that team averaging on offense, how many points per game is that team giving up on defense. For both teams, you divide by two. So quite simply, Tampa Bay games this year averaging 60 total points per game. New Orleans games this year right around 43 total points per game. You add that up, divide by two, Says the total should be fifty one and a half. Is that perfect? No, especially when you got two very lower scoring games where uh, it, it doesn't factor in the pace. If two teams are really running slower tempo, that number should be actually lower than that. And obvi- obviously, on the other side, if you got two where it's like two plus two equals five, if you got two teams averaging fifty two point total points per game above average, while well, your total's not fifty two; it's actually higher than that, right, Fest?
3: Yeah. So think about that. The average scoring is forty seven points per game and I'm scoring 52 per game, and you're scoring 47, it's easy to make that total. Do we make it 49 and half? No, we make it 52 because you're an average team, and I'm playing an average team, and against average teams, I score 52 points. So if we're both at 52, now we can make a case, hey, should the total be 55? Should it be 58? That's where the com- it's complicated, but clearly you can't just take the average. So that's the case in this game where if we go ahead and look at the average, it's above 50, well above the NFL average. So we need to produce another factor saying it's going to be higher than
4: that. Yeah, and one of those other factors could be that, hey, even in that 51-and-a-half, fest. That doesn't include the five games Drew Brees missed, which we already valued at two points per game. So that would bump it up uh, another point if you're dividing by two, two points divided by two in that one. So a lot of complicated numbers here. And you know what? Let me ask you this. Have you seen, like, I haven't seen anybody in college just come up with a set way, here's how I make a total. I mean, we used to have very rudimentary ways one of them being what I just explained to Phil Steele. Do you
3: see this? I don't see anyone doing the marketplace. I don't see it either. And it's complicated even more so in college because the extra complexity is the big point spreads oftentimes and how you need to adjust for the fact that the first halves are so much higher scoring in those games than the second half just in college football.
1: And I would say that though the numbers, I think the football outsider way especially doesn't, with that being the anchor of the data or the assessments, doesn't account for pace. yep. And it strikes me that there is another multiplier effect here. And we've all seen it when in college, especially back, I mean, we might be moving towards 15, 18 years now, where there got to be more than a few of the really fast-paced teams. And when they would meet in bowls, it was like the clock never ran. Yep. And all these total. I mean, if you look at the totals, in fact, Brad, maybe you can look it up real quick as we're talking about the next game. Every total above 70, let's say, since 2010, you would think, ah, you want to go under the high totals and over the low totals. Guaranteed, it's the other way. So if if you don't mind, maybe look at 70 and over. And what ended up happening was the idea is you don't just take an average of, okay, this team has 80, whatever the numbers are, 80 plays and this team has 80, it'd be and not saying these are the right numbers in college, but the average is sixty. This team's plus twenty over that. This team's plus twenty. The other team's plus twenty over that. And that's more impactful than just taking the average, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And bottom the line, differential
1: is, from the mean.
3: Yeah, you're just looking at expected number of plays. Maybe is a good way to look at it. if you're going to run twenty percent more plays, you're going to expect twenty percent more scoring.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. But what I'm saying is if you have a, uh, an offense, I mean, a defense doesn't dictate the number of plays, right? So you're going to look at the offense. If the offense, if one offense is running 20 more play, 20%, let's say, more plays, the other is 20% more, you don't expect 20% more, Right. Yeah, it's a great point. Do you expect
3: uh, – and I don't know if the right answer is 38 or 45%. I don't know if, it's, if, if it magnifies, but clearly it's more towards 40 because the team that's running 20% more, that's against an average team, mm-hmm. and now they're playing a fast-paced team.
1: And I think Dr. Bob had some – not so much with pace, but had some interesting stuff. Uh, and, again, when I say had, it's more that it was innovated many, many years ago, whereas by looking at – and this is in strength of schedule and all kind of stuff – which is, okay, how good is the teams you've played Well, you assess that by how good are the teams they played. And I think with, with the number of plays like that, there's obviously going to be an effect that if one team is, or, is faster and the other team is faster, there's going to be a multiplier effect. We just got to really zero in on that. Brad, what do you got?
4: Nothing conclusive, just a little bit above 50%, 70 or over, and I just did the last decade.
1: Okay, and maybe that's caught up now. What I'd be interested in is just do from two thousand on and see, or, or right. and see what happens. I'm guessing it's over. All right, next game. Interesting stuff for sure. It's a learning curve. Well, 49.4. Wow, I hey, know I'm stuck. There's, cer- there's certainly a number there that I've seen it. And, and how, what's the sample size this century? Six hundred games almost. Okay, so do me a favor. Go to uh, go to seventy five. Go up, you know, a couple points at a time. You're gonna find a break point that's gonna have uh at least a hundred games in it. Little prediction. Atlanta favored, no, actually on the road against Carolina. Carolina five and a half. That seems short, doesn't it, to me? Hmm. What do you got, Fess?
3: Yeah, let's go power ratings here. Atlanta is a minus three rated team. Carolina plus one rated team. So difference is four on a neutral, three for home field come up with Carolina minus seven and that line does indeed look short and this is a quandary for me RJ this is one of my weak likes because I like Atlanta but it totally goes against my power ratings and the reason I like Atlanta is I can't help but going back to the beginning of the season Atlanta was supposed to win nine games right Carolina was supposed to win eight well now Atlanta's going with their backup quarterback Allen who's playing well there's no doubt about it but is he playing
1: and let's be clear allen played probably his best game against green bay
3: yes and he and in adverse conditions allen down 8 led them in a snowstorm all the way down the field to the 1-inch line some people feel he got into the end zone at the very end of the game but um, one of our picks one of our picks and that's one i can't kick myself too much on when you lose by 6 inches at the very end of the game but i can't get past how good atlanta played Just last week, it was not fluky. So often, when you see a 14-point dog win outright, the ball bounces right for them, right? They catch some breaks. That wasn't the case against the Saints. Atlanta just played really, really well. And I look at the talent on that team, and it's all been about effort. We're worried about Atlanta. The
1: dream crusher, is this team going to bring it? it? Seems like you're bringing the exact opposite handicap I would. It's a division game. It's one of those classic, this is their bowl game spots last week off a of bye. What, what are they fighting for at this point? Did I hear right? Are we even sure Matt Ryan's playing? Yeah, Matt Ryan's playing. Boy, I saw something earlier and they were talking about who would mm-hmm. be quarterback in week 11 and 12. I don't know why. The, it was just something I saw on Twitter. So obviously, I'm not saying I've got facts otherwise. You seen anything? He didn't play in practice on Wednesday. Okay. Ryan. Yeah, he didn't practice on Wednesday. So what is he quite I mean, he's got to be questionable then, right? At minimum.
4: What I'm just reading now, it's similar to how they handled his practice reps last week. They're just being cautious with them.
1: Okay, so he's not on he's not on but but that's interesting. If they were in the playoff hunt, would he be practicing? Yeah. Doesn't that tell us something? Now, if you're off the bye, you don't need it as much, meaning you got a lot of practice days, right? I think they get four days off. So here's what I know, and, and I can bang on the d- the database with this, but I would say second half of the season, team with a record below 500, upset win last week where they win the game outright as a dog. That feels like it, it does it. Mackenzie, you want to run that? So let me repeat that again. Sure. Week, uh, week is greater than equal to nine. Yeah, second half of the season. Win percentage, less than 50. And last week, let's say they were over seven seven point or greater dog, and you win the game outright.
3: You want to put them on the road also this week? Because I know they do
1: worse. I don't believe. What? I don't believe. Mm. You say that. We never see the data. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I hear it's one of your theories. I've just never seen it. And, again, I don't know how much sample we're going to have yeah. there, right? So you you, clear?
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm looking into it.
1: Thank you. So that feels like it's going to tell us something, right? Yep. I'm guessing it's bad. Yeah, I agree with that. And then we could drill in if they're a dog this week. You know, to me, if they're a favorite, I, I'm going to make a prediction that if they're a favorite this week, that it's better. Because I think it, there might be a sense that let's get some momentum. Mm-hmm. Yep. But if 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 you got to go on, and again, maybe that's where the road does come in, right? Go, but you've always believed going on the road helps. If you just had a win,
3: not right? off of off of a big upset win. My understanding was, if you if you go home, you're in a home underdog motivation situation. But if you go uh-huh. on the road, you're in a letdown situation.
1: But how do you know you're an underdog the next week? So explain. Forget this situation. You've got a theory. Explain that theory. You're on. You get a big Don't up. Don't say you just give me the team. Tell me the, the situation. Team gets a big upset win. All right, they come, come way Doesn't matter. All right, they come home.
3: If they come home mm-hmm. and they're an underdog, they're excited. The crowd's excited.
1: Okay, so they come home and they're an underdog. It's a good spot. Yes. And if they go on the road and they're a dog, it's
3: then a it's bad a bad spot.
1: spot. Okay, so they've got to be a dog in the last game, and a do- so they're a dog and a dog. They win the first one, home or road doesn't matter, and now home and road does matter. You either feed upon the energy, or you're, which is good, the home dog, or you're trudging back on the road. Yes. Okay. So if you're right about that, that would apply to this spot too. So we'll see. Okay, guys, we took a little break, pounded on the database. Got some interesting numbers here. First off, Let's give Fez a round of applause for years and years and years. He was saying that with upsets, the the location of the following week matters.
3: Yeah, so if you pull an upset and you come home, that's fine. That's positive. But if you pull an upset and then you go on the road, that's a bad situation.
1: Okay, so let's look at this Atlanta situation. This is what we came up with. A team, Atlanta fits the bill who won last week as an underdog of a touchdown or more. Underdog touchdown or more won the game outright. Second half of the season. Why second half? The theory is, hey, if you have a losing record, and oh, by the way, win percentage less than 50. So losing record, second half of the season, win a big game as an underdog. Touchdown or more. Now... You go on the road, 30 wins, 40 losses. And, oh, by the way, last thing, in that road game, you're an underdog of more than a field goal. So it's another team that's better than you. You just won against a team better than you because you were a seven-point or more underdog. Your season's over. Second half, under. Now, you know, we could have went to under 40%. Or we could have said, hey, what's exactly week nine? There's a lot of different ways you could go into this. And I'm going to just check the weeks because actually week nine, I'd, I'd like it if this started just a little later. But in a weird way, it'd be a sliding scale, right? Because if you think about it, the worse your record was, the earlier you could be eliminated. Yeah. Right? So if you're like at 20%, Mm -hmm. or like now they're under 25, right, Atlanta, it it, it makes sense it'd be longer. So actually, that's interesting. If you're under 50, week nine's okay, 2 and 2. Week 10's okay, 5 and 4. Week 11's okay, 4 and 5. Actually, week 12 is okay, 5 and 6. And then it starts going down. This is interesting. From week 13 on, if you're under 50 – Three and four now this is the same spot Atlanta was in, but not now with the weeks lined up. three and four, one and five, I'm going into from week thirteen, fourteen now, three and four, one and five, two and five, one and two, six and five, one and one, one, oh and one. So that's the all the bad or a big chunk of the bad right there. um Now what's interesting is let's go under, and this will be the last thing we do here. Let's go under twenty five, which is what Atlanta is, and let's keep the weeks out there. And what you're seeing is week, huh, that's interesting. So I'm going to actually go week 10's a winner, week 11's break even, and then from there it goes into the crapper big time. So let's actually just go week 12 and on just to see. I know it doesn't fit the criteria, but it shows the logic of the trend. Ooh, so week 12 and on. This is fascinating. We'll have to keep our eye on this one. So, you win a game as an underdog the prior week of seven or more. Now you're on the road and you're a dog again more than a field goal. And your win percentage is just less than 250, less than 25%, three and 12 against the spread. Uh, and the ATS margin is 11 points per game. So, it's like you get your last, it's late, you stink, you pull your upset, and that's the ball game, right? Yeah. That's the logic of what's happening in Atlanta. Is it happening or not? And actually, if you're home, it's 0 and 3. So the the spot doesn't matter as long as you're a dog, greater than three. You're now at three and 15, minus 11 points per game. But remember, that's week 12 or on with a win percentage of 25 percent or less. Atlanta meets the criteria, or they did last week of the win percentage before, or they're still just two yeah, 22 right? so, percent. Yeah. Yeah, so it goes to show you the logic's there. There's a last hurrah. It feels like Atlanta had per- perhaps, or at least for a while, their last hurrah.
3: Celebrate the unexpected win. and
1: I mean, the newspapers aren't going to kill it. I mean, to some mm-hmm. degree, you're getting paid. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution and, <laughs> the, and the online, you know, the people who's doing like Little League for the online, they, they might say, you know, Maybe you can write an opt-ed or something that, you know, nine people will read. Like, those people aren't necessarily killing the players. So they relax. Makes yeah. sense, right? Yeah. It does. So let's wrap up this game. I, I, I think you, I think, in fact, I'm going to do it. I'm going to make a like on Carolina. Well, hold on a second. You're handing me the green button. No one had the other side, did they? Had to have five likes. So you have a like on Atlanta?
3: Even I, though your power rating said Why? I did. I went against my power ratings because I needed five likes. And I mentioned this was one of my weak likes. Ching.
1: <laughs> don't do it, Power. 300. Rating. I mean, you see the numbers. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine? Atlanta? Why would Atlanta be up for this game? I don't think so. And you know what else really helps us here? is Cam being on the shelf. Oh, no question. Because this is the game where they'd start wondering. Even though Flipper, Allen had a good game, it's still that you lost. Yeah. Right? And Riverboat Ron, I mean, I don't. I think, if anything, Ron's feeling like he can have a life after Cam if somehow yeah. he gets a couple. Of, I think Carolina's as motivated as any team this week. They, they're still in the playoff hunt, right? Oh, Absolutely. absolutely. So why wouldn't they be? What do you think, Brad? Who? Who? What was your original? Hit? I had a pass. I don't know if I could.
4: My gut told me I can't trust Atlanta's performance last week because I got a whole eight-game
1: sample size of Atlanta. Well, sucking. yeah, that. I mean, Huey Lewis could tell you that. I know, but so what's holding you back? I well, don't even understand. Was there a reset? I mean, it was off of a bye. reset for what? That's true. Right, a reset to go six and ten. Yeah. I mean, what are the odds? Uh, let me ask you this: If I gave, I, I would have to give you what odds that Quinn keeps his job? Would would you take three to one plus three hundred? I think we're right in the right neighborhood. I, I tell you this: I'll lay the minus three hundred.
4: Mm. Yeah, I was thinking more like six, seven to one.
1: That's what I'm saying that's where I'd mm. start. I mean, yeah. I'd get scared. I'd probably if I was mm. forced bet at five, I'd lay minus five hundred before I. Interesting. What would you do at four to five? Mm, I'd lay it, actually. So, if you believe that, what's the reset? There is none. Yes! <laughs>
3: you see it, Fez? Oh, I agree with you guys. I mean, but it's, w- if the numbers are overwhelming.
1: I don't... So why do you like it? Why you just because like, I needed five. But months? why not like
3: Carolina? Because I didn't. Because I'm I'm not a database. Uh, okay. Expert at programming like you guys are. So that's a leak in my game.
1: Well, that's something that we've already talked about. You're going to send me like five trends a week or th- situations a week you want examined. Off season, we're going to have a little two hour seminar once a week where we just dig into this. I mean, this is the beauty to me. I always dreamt of having a like a salon-type environment. We've got the diner right out. I mean, I love that we got the diner like 30 yards away. Order in some fresh-squeezed orange juice. You know, I love it. I do. Let's enjoy it. All right, so we've got a bat, official bat now. Fez on one of his his equivocating likes. We said, weakness. Any final thoughts on the game? Nope. Yeah, I, I don't even understand how... Like this line, like if I would have done guess the lines, I would have made this line seven. I mean, just instantly, right? And your power ratings say seven, don't they? They do. I thought they were sacrosanct. No, they're
3: the starting point, the guideline.
1: Whoa! I remember where he goes. I never play against my numbers. You don't remember that? I rarely bet Ah! (laughs) against. Yeah. (laughs) So some say. It's never versus rarely is the question. Let's see what a mind greater than mine would say about this.
3: Some folks call it a slang blade. I call it a kinder blade.
1: Never versus rarely. (laughs) (laughs) Next game. Ooh, this is interesting. Indy. Quarterback. What's a quarterback situation?
3: Brissett practiced today, so he looks like he'll be a go. And Foles is going for Jacksonville. Back from his clavicle injury.
1: Oh, this is fascinating. When I was doing all that work, when we had the accidental starters and looking at quarterbacks, Foles had the best stats in the entire NFL. Oh,
3: yeah, because he threw the touchdown pass. It was, I think he shoulders. had
1: seven or eight attempts. Yes. And it was like the best. Every number was the best. <laughs> and here's the thing. I'm auto playing. I don't know what any of you guys have done. I'm auto playing Jacksonville. So, did anyone have a like on it? No, I had a lean on Jacksonville.
3: I, I had nothing. My power ratings, actually, Jacksonville's a plus one. Indy's a plus a half. Three points for home field makes it Indy minus two and a half. That's where the line currently sits. And so much uncertainty for me. I don't know how well
1: Foles is going to play.
3: I don't know how injured Brissett is. I know they have to rush him back because Brian Oyer. Well, is, is not the here's answer. Here's the
1: question. Here's the question. With Foles, is there any reason to have less optimism for him now than you had entering the year. No. No. Playing devil's advocate, there could be like a Minshew, oh, the stash, where have you gone with the team? But you would think the team would have, maybe we need to read on that because...
4: Oh, I I read a, a couple articles, and the team seems pretty excited to get Foles back.
1: Okay. A couple players, yeah.
3: Yeah, Minshew was clearly exciting, but he has been trending downward, and of course the London game was... Not good for the mustache.
1: Okay. So the other possibility is his somehow his injury, he's not all the way back. They're rushing him back. Then you'd be less optimistic, right? Is there any sense of that? I don't think they're rushing
4: him back because, I mean, when the injury first happened, they said about 10 weeks, it would be week 10, week 10, week
1: 11-ish. So to me, the foes coming in, we were talking about your original rankings of quarterbacks, Faz. Where did you have falls?
3: I had him right in the middle. And currently, he's moved up a little what? just from attrition, I believe. Nope, nope. He's still number 17. He's right in the middle.
1: And where was Minshew?
3: Minshew was all the way on the bottom. And he moved up, and then he moved back yeah, down. Yeah, two, and a point, two and a half point downgrade, which would make him, currently, one second, that would make him number
1: 28. Okay. So... How's the, so you're saying the markets adjusted accordingly? Meaning, they have. if Minshew was here, this line would be four and a half, five. Or were you saying two and a half point adjustment? Yes, but, but because you're through moving three.
3: through the three, might be four. Yes,
1: okay, and you're not accounting at all for Brissett having potential limitations. I am not, so that's a free roll for us. Yes, okay, if the team's excited. I think there's this general sense. you heard a lot of, "Oh, the jags, how st- what a sign? So much money, they money! They spent <laughs> money. They, <laughs> uh, uh, I had to go punch up scripts in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> as Jackie would say, "Money." But really, they lost a half a season. But why be less optimistic now? Jacksonville's in the playoff, huh? Yeah, four and five. Yeah. They're still alive. I mean, the middle of the AFC, that last... Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows? Steelers right in it. Raiders. Yeah. And if anything, I think Raiders are probably the favorite because their strength of schedule's so weak coming... You know, they had such a tough strength of schedule. Yep. Now it's... You, know, what, you remember what it is moving forward? Well, I don't. Yeah. Well, when we come to the game, we'll look at it. Um, so, to me, I think the public is thinking... That, oh, this is a damaged foes, but if he's healthy, he's not damaged. And I don't think, if anything, this is redemption time, right? Because the theory is they paid all that money and they didn't get anything out of him. Now, if, he, if they somehow think of the excitement in Jacksonville and the job security that comes from them going six and th- or five and two or whatever from here, how many games they got left? Is this, uh seven? Seven, seven yeah. yep. So they go five and two, make, make the wild card. Everyone's job security goes through the roof, right? Yeah, absolutely. They go two and five, bye-bye. Mm. Yep. I think there's a, there's a self-interest here for everybody. And Foles wants to redeem himself. I like Jacksonville. I guess the fact this line's only two and a half, how, what, what's the injury situation otherwise for Indy? T. Y. Hilton unlikely to play. Uh-oh. Missed practice. Uh oh. And I
3: think this line's kind of half two and a half and half three. You can't get a full three right now, R. J. But I think in terms of basic, yeah. So strategy, this is what I'm going to say. Yeah, West
4: shading this because it was a lot of threes earlier today. See, what
3: I like to do when a game when a game's between two and a half three, or did you want to go first? No, please. Okay, uh, I like to try to get the plus three, lay the dollar ten, even minus the dollar fifteen. But <laughs> makes sense. And I waited out. And I waited out. All right. But if I don't get it and like, oh, what happens if the line crashes down to two? And so I missed, I missed any kind of good number. I can always come back and tease Jacksonville up to plus eight as my fail safe if the line completely goes against me.
1: And you figure you're not getting exactly the same exposure, but you are getting exposure on the team, though you'd rather have the three. So what you're saying is the lead here is if you can take plus three, minus one, ten, you'd rather that over plus two and a half.
0: Yes. Do you care to know why I'm in this chair with you all? I mean, why I earn the big bucks? I
4: mean, we know now. And all nine of the Indianapolis games have been
3: decided by seven points or less. Yeah, Indies for whatever reason has played nothing.
1: For whatever but close reason, games. they they they're very well coached. <laughs> yeah. They they run the ball. I mean, this is like old school football, yes. mm-hmm. right? So that's a wonderful tease. Yep. Yes. So I can't believe this is is this this isn't your tease, Jack? Um. I guess it'd be Jacksonville. Yes. It is. It is my tease. What, were you going to tell us at a certain point? What, the, the what, what, the, the, what were
3: you waiting for? The, what I was waiting for is there's only one other team that I can tease it with. So if I tease Jacksonville, well, it has to be a realize, six and a half point teaser. You do
1: realize that you are not limited to just teasing through three and seven, right? I understand that. Because otherwise you're not necessary, right? If every, If all you mm. do, it'd be like, hmm... Fez's teaser is, like, when you're dead, we could do, like, an in-memorial. Oh, like Friends of Steve Fez's teaser. <laughs> no, no, we wouldn't even need Friends of Steve yes. Fezik. Uh,
4: yes. We, in memoriam.
1: Yeah, in memoriam. <laughs> every week from the, your death to when I die, I'll just play that teaser. Here you go. Eventually it'll be minus 160, I'm sure. <laughs>
4: yeah, probably. <laughs> That's funny.
1: You know, you promised us some alternative teasers. Remember? I did. I How's that going?
3: I'll deliver. When? The season's only in week eleven.
1: <laughs> I'll deliver. Uh, so, in this case, what are you doing?
3: I'm going to tease it with the Jets.
1: And explain that line.
3: The Jets are currently plus one, so we got to get it, make it a six and a half point teaser. We'll bring the Jets up to plus seven and a half against Washington. And frankly, it's just a bet against Washington getting any points
1: with Dwayne Haskins. I th- No, 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 no. Hmm. It's not a bet against Washington. It's a blind freaking bet because it's the one game that has a line around it. Yeah, there, but right?
3: it's a really good teaser because it's a really it's a low total. And because of that, I all things being equal, we love teasing basic strategy teasers that aren't lined at 50 but are more like lined at 38 in terms of totals. Less variance.
1: And you're saying that even though you don't need the half point on the, Jackson, or in this case, on the Jacksonville side, it's worth it to get off a seven, even though you're really paying for that half point twice. Right?
3: Yes, correct. You sure? I'm certain. Okay. I'll run the math for you and send it to you.
1: Now, this feels like one that you can't really wait on because if it dips – I mean, I guess the question is the danger is you'd have to go to seven if it dips a half a point, right? But if it goes up a half a point, you only need to go to six. Do you potentially wait?
3: I think because the line on the Jets game is one and a quarter, essentially. Mm -hmm. If if you can catch a one and a half right now, you go and play your six-point teaser right now.
1: Okay, so if it's one and a quarter, why why would you play six and a half right now? Yeah, yeah. So what you mean is there's a a good number of one and a half? Yeah, so you
3: should play it now. Lock in the plus seven and a half Jets with the Jacksonville two-team teaser, six points.
1: If you can get the one and a half? Yes. All right. I kind of do like that because— it just seems like this uh, – let's do this. For next week, I think I'll be a good goal. No, I gave you a couple of things for this next week. So we're going to say for not next week but the week after. <laughs> I'm serious. Give us, a, give us the five spots. You know how they do like at the uh, entertainment sites, the Hollywood sites? It's like the five De Niro movies without Martin Scorsese directing. right? You're saying – you're kind of narrowing the universe. Give me the five best situations to play an NFL teaser that doesn't involve the, the corridor. You got it. Not next week. If you have it next week, great. But I'm expecting it the week after. Anything else in this game? That's it. Next game. Minnesota, 10 and a half over Denver. My question is Denver's motivation. And what time does this game start?
3: It's a 1 o'clock Eastern.
1: Ooh. Cha-ching. Go. All right, let's
3: talk about power ratings. Denver's a minus four. Minnesota's a plus four. Minnesota, three and a half for home field advantage. That gets us to Minnesota minus 11 and a half. So minus 10 and a half is actually a little bit cheap on Minnesota. Now,
1: when do you start doing your adjustment in the fourth quarter?
3: Above 10 points. So at this point... It's actually like a minus 11.35. Uh, so it, it's. Yeah, a little less. Yeah, it's just, just a tiny bit less. Uh, Zimmer, really good situations here. I don't know if you've got those. At home versus non division, 79% against the spread. How many games? 30. Minnesota, 11 and 1 straight up, 11 0 1 against the spread pre buy, the week before the buy.
1: What's the rationale? I would think the rationale is when you have a good coach, though I'm only interested in the Zimmer. Sure. So when did Zimmer start? Was it 12?
4: Uh, 2014.
1: 14. So what's our count? 14, 15, 16, 17, <laughs> five. 18. Yeah, them. Mm-hmm. A- so what's the ATS margin on that? You want to run that, Brad? Yep. And here's the thing. I think a good coach is able to communicate effectively, and the team believes him. And it's like, hey, last go around before we get our break. We win, we lose this game. It's going to be a bad break. We win this Mm -hmm. game. It's a good, especially with the streak they got going. Right. So I almost like, if you like Minnesota here, I think you got to like the first half. This feels like something they come out hot. Also, let's be candid. If you're home and you got a decent home field advantage, like Minnesota's what? Top six, seven?
3: Yes, three and a half points.
1: In a double digit spot like this, I think first half is always going to be better, right? And I think, the crowd's more into it. And I
3: think what you mentioned the crowd, great point. Brandon Allen's only played one NFL game his entire career. He got to play at home against Cleveland. So now he has to go to a hostile mm. environment, something he's completely not used to.
1: Ooh, that's an interesting. And if anything, Zimmer probably fools him early, right? Belichick style.
4: Uh, 5.3 under Zimmer, exceeding expectations before a bye.
1: All right, so it's five and zero. Oh, yep, against the spread. Yep. and winning by five points again. Yep. So that's more than five and zero. Oh, what would you expect points per game?
3: You know, five seems actually a little light, actually, for a five and zero. Oh. Hmm. Okay. Don't you think? If you, if, I don't if, know. I if don't you told me, if number. you told me like two pick'em teams are playing and you, and you said somebody won, I'd say I think they probably won by on average six and a half. Maybe would be my over under six and a half to seven.
1: All right, so. I think so. The first quarter. So or I'm sorry. The first half of the. Do we go first half? Do we go first quarter? I I think first half. I think they. I think they cheer them into the tunnel. Let's see if
3: we can catch a minus six. Let me check
1: it. All right. So this is now. This is interesting, right? So one of the things we've been talking about is sometimes these books they're doing the mechanical mathematics of this, and they don't always account for the key numbers like they should. This is
3: really interesting. So there's a minus six lay twenty at a sharp book. Okay. And it's all the way up to minus seven even money at other books. So there's a lot of variance, and and that seven is really important, and six is not trivial on a first-half line.
1: Okay, so the fact that it's six minus 20 at the sharp book says what?
3: Well, maybe I'm overreacting. That's the same as six and a half, but the fact there's already— Hold on, hold on.
1: Ten cents for the game— it's seven is worth more than 10 for the half way more yes. exactly so it's not the same yeah
3: i was talking about the six to the six and a half
1: oh okay okay like i'm not sure whether I, well, I that's interesting well hold on then six minus 20 is, is 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 so much better than than minus seven yes well, but
3: i'm not sure which is better six minus 20 or, or lay six and a half on a first half i think it's well, real
1: close well, let's think about it. Six is worth, for the game, like six and a half or seven cents, right? Yeah. Okay, so now what kind of multiplier do you put on it for the half? And the reason the halves are more valuable, there's less multiples. There's less scoring, right? That's why even or pick'em is worth so much in the first quarter, right? It's, right. So how, how do you typically it, do the multiple?
3: It, it's complicated because normally it'd be worth a lot more in the first half, but... Because of the six, you can land on six in overtime. You have this like um, um,
1: it, 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 the game itself is having more sixes since they because tra- they can they turn
3: change. a they can flip a zero into a six in overtime during the regular mm-hmm. for for the final score, but obviously not for the first half.
1: All right. So in general, though, forgetting the mechanics, or setting aside the mechanics of how to execute the bet, you like the first half here. I do, Brad. What you got?
4: Only concern with Minnesota, and I'm just throwing
1: this out here, Vic Fangio. Have you had a like-like yet? Or even a like? I have not. I mean. I will. It's pretty amazing. We. I got one, the...
4: two, three, but they've three all... in a row. All
1: right, go ahead.
4: After this game, mm-hmm. three in a row. Uh, looking at it, Vic Fangio comes over from the Bears, so he has prepped and no, does know the Minnesota personnel.
1: That's just a, a tidbit. Or they Zimmer know. knows him. Yes. And I always like the better coach.
4: And no question, Zimmer's the better coach. One thing I did query because, you know, a lot of uh, duct tape shoe guys can't lay double digits with the lower total. That's completely false. So if you're laying 10 or more and the total's 42 or less this decade, and we're talking a sample size of about 90 games here, 57% is the favorite against yeah, the spread. Well,
1: that's what I had when we had yeah. Tennessee laying the freaking, what was it, nine and a half on that Saturday game? Yes. I think my NFL life turned that day. I mean, we were... Argh! Yeah, that might... Yeah. Oh, I know who it yeah. was. I know where I was at yeah. when I finalized... that the, We were doing it Saturday morning. I was at the juice shop over on Russell and Pecos. And I sat my phone down and I was just like, all right, this is where it happens. And it did, just in reverse. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got anything else on this? I mean... How 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 did the quarterback? Uh, this is Allen, not number four, right? Yes, and we call him Little Flip. Little yes, flip. we do.
4: Yeah, because he's got the smallest hands,
1: eight and seven eighths. Yep,
4: both Fez and mine more than a half inch bigger.
1: <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> Jeez. How do you assess how he did last week, Little Flip?
3: He he definitely was much better than expectations. He was not just a. Um, uh, jump off! Are you? Is not in, just. The, is English your first language? I've been up for fifteen straight hours.
1: Jesus Christ! Don't ever say that again. All right, <laughs> 15, 15 straight hours in a twenty four hour day. How could you not be? <laughs> At some
3: point, <laughs> he exceeded expectations. He didn't <laughs> just dump the ball off. He threw the ball down the field against the Browns, and oh, I was very you surprised.
1: Ta- you have got to tag that, and what a oh, yeah. double tag that because we got to pull it.
3: Don't get on me! I've been up for 15 hours and 22 minutes! It was a complete contrast to what we've seen from many of the other quarterbacks, even the ones that have had success, that were very much game managers in their first game.
1: Can you repeat that? No. No, no but give, try to distill it all into something that we can understand.
3: Brandon Allen significantly exceeded expectations, oftentimes throwing down the field and with success.
1: So what adjustment did you make? I bumped him up one and a half points. Jeez. So wait a minute. Matt Moore, you bumped a half a point after his first game performance. Yes. How would Little Flipper's performance against Matt Moore be judged? And by the way, Matt Moore was the greatest contrast to a backup, relatively, of any player in the NFL. So he was not a good backup. Go ahead.
3: Yes, Brandon Allen, I made a much more significant adjustment because I thought he was going to be horrible, and he was actually pretty good.
1: So you're saying Allen actually exceeded expectations more than Matt Moore did?
3: Be- yes, because Brandon Allen, I had such now, low I expectations. I
1: understand that part. You can keep saying it. Okay. it. doesn't make it have any more sense. How much of a downgrade did you do from Flipper, or I'm sorry, Little Flip, down from Flacco?
3: It was four and a half points, and now it's three points. And I-
1: Yes. One and a half. I get it. Four and a half to Flacco. And you had Flacco, what, the 20th best quarterback, maybe? Yeah. So that doesn't seem like that you thought little flip was that bad because the 20th best quarterback to a backup, you would think on average be about three, three and a half. I think I think I had Flacco
3: like a minus one, and I had Brandon Allen a minus five and a half. No, I understand the two numbers are going to add up
1: to four and a half. Sure, you keep doing that circular logic. What I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, it doesn't make sense. Is the idea that you thought he was so? Okay, so let's say that you had a little flip at minus four, and you say minus four and four and a half or five and a half. Right now, last week, last week.
3: Right now I have a minus four and a half. I had a minus six, the same as Luke Falk.
1: All right, so you had minus six well, not minus six, and then you had Flacco at minus one.
3: I think Flacco's minus one is either minus so one. I got or a question. One.
1: you've got like seventy sheets of paper, but you don't have last week's numbers.
3: Uh I took Flacco off because he
1: So what I would yep. say is we're always gonna be talking in reference. I mean w- was it the save ink? It was like the save ink? Mm-hmm.
3: No, I just have so many sheets that
1: well, I— what I'm saying is it would have been on the same sheet, right? you got all that room at the bottom. So in general, I think let's just, you know, to me, mm-hmm. database 101, keep it hey, unless okay. there's a reason not to. All right. Right? If there's yeah. a reason not to, your your storage is too—you know, who knows? All right, I guess—so you're saying literally Little Flip was the worst backup quarterback— because remember, Falk was a third stringer. Yes. So this backup was as bad as the third stringer. Yes. All right. That seems reasonable. Hmm. So right now, this week, who's the 20th best quarterback? Fitzpatrick. Okay. Who's the 21st? Kyle Allen. That's good. But this will be their third stringer. So who's next? 22nd. Murray. All right. Perfect. What's the distance from Murray to the backup? Who, it is? Who is it? Who is
3: Hundley. Two points. Okay. <laughs>
1: I tell you this, I think it's a lot more than that. <laughs> this is the Hunley that was on Green Bay? Yeah. I, I think the bookie has a, a, a boathouse for me. Bat, I think <laughs> we bet Hunley three straight weeks, if <laughs> yeah. I remember, right?
4: Mm-hmm. That was the sushi. <laughs> so this is, yeah, exactly.
1: I, I this remember is that. Him, this is him, yeah, it was like 22 nothing or something. Yeah. This, this is the same, against the Bears, right? This is the same. Vikings. 19 nothing. This was the same Hunley you're just carrying forward this belief that he's, that he's good. Right? <sighs> Beds will go down with Hunley, and I, I don't want to wish that a little Kyle or, I, or um Murray gets hurt, but a, a slight 5'8 frame, he could.
4: Yeah.
1: You are going to bet 10 freaking <laughs> dimes on Hunley. Force bet. Oh, no. Yes.
3: <laughs> Thanks for reminding me of that.
1: No, you knew. That's why you got Hunley yeah. at some crazy number now. Who in the right mind... Thinks Kyler Murray's only two points better than Hunley. Does that sound right to you, Brian?
4: I'm thinking at least three.
1: <clears throat>
0: yeah. You're listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview.
1: Now back to RJ Bell's. Dream Preview. Next game. Jets. Oh, here we are on the teaser. Washington. Is this right? Washington's minus one? Yeah, I like the Jets here. Are you kidding me? You like them. Go. Yeah,
4: I do like them here, and I do like the news that came out today that the, the, the CEO of the Jets said, hey, we're not making a coaching change during the season. We're not making a coaching change after the season. So you can say dreaded vote of confidence for Adam Gase. I just think it removes a little bit of distractions that the Jets had. And if there was any kind of confidence-building win for the Jets, it was last week beating your in-city rival, the Giants. And they did it in multiple ways. Darnold protected the football, and the defense shut down Barkley. So I thought a lot of positives to take away from that game. On the other side, the Redskins, historically awful on offense. Three straight games without scoring a touchdown. First time that's happened in Washington's 88-year history of the franchise. And I don't think Haskins is getting any better. Give me the Jets. I like them.
1: That's an interesting question. Is... uh. McKenzie. pull up QBR. Let's look at Haskins over the cor- course of his full games. Let's see if we're seeing any trend line. All right, for sure. Thank you. I, I got it right here. Oh, you got always games. Yes. Excellent. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. So at New York Giants, uh, QBR sixteen and a half. At Minnesota, QBR he only had five uh, attempts, but QBR zero point one. Oh, get that guy. Five attempts. Did he play the whole game? Yeah, but the whole second half he barely threw any passes. But I, I want he took games over. he started. Games yep. he started. And the only the only he only started two games at Buffalo. QBR forty six,
1: and that was the most recent game at Buffalo. Yes. Mm. So, what do we think of that? And, and then they had a bye? They did. I mean, if, he, if they're ever going to be able to script some plays.
4: Yeah. But who's scripting those plays, RJ? You lost your offense. No, I
1: agree. I agree. But I think the base, I mean, listen, I yeah. was preaching that. It just feels, I mean, these are professional coaches. Yeah. Right? They're not good professional coaches on offense, I don't think. But it just feels like if it was any game this year. Mm-hmm. If I had to say, so he's, he started two. Yeah. Let's say he starts the rest of the game. So that would be nine in theory. There's seven left. If you would give me uh, eight to one odds, right? Nine, four, one. What game does he have the highest QVR? I would take this game. Jets, low competition, you know, weak competition, obviously, right? Well, I don't know about that because it's the Jets' offense that's the problem, not their defense. Well, I, I thought we kept saying, hold on now. Remember the pitch was, well, wait a minute. How good were the Jets we thought in week one? And then I said, and now Darnold's no worse than, and now they're, they went from being like 21 to 30. You're like, their defense, uh, uh, Mosley's gone, right? Yes. So what you just said is not true. Well,
3: the, the matchup for the Jets. Is, oh, now, now
1: we're getting into the matchup.
3: But the matchup really matters here. All well, right?
1: but, but what I'm saying is what you just said is wrong, correct? The Jets' defense is not good. I agree with that. All right.
3: But amazingly, their football outsider's defensive number, they're number eleven.
1: Okay. Well, they were 11 when you were saying how bad they were a couple weeks yeah. ago. So you were they're, wrong at yeah. some point.
3: And they're not. The Jets' defense is not good. We agree.
1: I don't know. Now you're telling me they're 11. I'm just going back. Listen, I can't figure out then. What was the Jets' hype? What was the Jets coming in to the season?
3: Seven and a half wins. Slightly below average team.
1: Okay. If they, right now, where are they ranked in your power rankings?
3: They're ranked number twenty nine. Eight and a half points worse than the average team.
1: 29. And they were like 18 or yeah, 19. Yes. Okay. What has caused that 10-slot move? You know what? I, here's what I'm going to do. I want to look leisurely, or some would say leisurely, but they'd be wrong, at Haskins' trend, trend line, and I want to look at Darnold's trend line. I'm thinking of pressing the button. I'm thinking of taking Washington. But I won't decide till our best bets at the very or or till we finalize the best bets. I'll decide yes or no. Fez matchups.
3: Yeah, I like the Jets because of the matchup. You like the Jets? I do. So you guys
1: have a crossfire here.
3: No, but right, I like likes the Jets show. also. Oh, oh yeah. you're
1: both on the Jets. Yeah. I'm thinking of Washington. All right, go ahead.
3: Okay, so Washington under their interim head coach, Cal he's an old school guy. He says, we're going to emphasize the run.
1: Yeah, this is like a month old. Right. So Six weeks so, so So
3: three weeks have gone by here. Washington has been blown out three straight games. They've lost by nine or more points. Yet Washington has- So re- read the scores. All right, so Washington lost to the 49ers in that monsoon game 9-0. Mm-hmm. They lost in Minnesota
1: 19-9. Okay, now that's an overperformance. Yes. Right? And they did cover the 9.5 in a lot of spots. So they're 2-0 against the spread, these horrible games you're talking about. Go ahead.
3: Yes, and they lost to the Bills 24-9. Mm-hmm. Now, in those three games that they did get blown out in, <laughs> they were they. They got comfortably they covered. Beat.
1: They cover twenty four nine. What they covered that one too, didn't they? No. What was the line?
3: It was minus. Uh, was that minus eleven?
4: Like ten, ten and a half depending on because Hask- it was
3: nine and a half. Haskins got
4: it. Yeah, that's right. Starter, went up, then went to, 10, went to 10, and 10 and a half.
1: That's right. Oh, God, that was one of our winners. Yeah. <laughs> yes. All right. I remember.
3: Okay. So in those games, Washington has 14 more rushes than passes. So if they're running the ball more when they're losing by double digits, clearly we would expect them to continue to run the ball. But the problem is what's the one thing the Jets do the best? Stop the run. Jets are giving up 3.0 yards per rush. That's number one in the NFL, RJ.
1: Okay, I like that. I like that. Now, just for the sake of the completionists out there, what is the football outsiders for Rush D?
3: Jets are number two.
1: Okay, that's good. That is interesting. Okay, maybe I'm being a little contrarian here, shifting gears. The more I look at this, I love the handicap kudos, Fez, on the matchup. Washington wants to run. Jets are... You know, if they're good at anything, it's stopping the run. We're seeing that yards per uh, attempt, rush, and then also football outsiders. So the question becomes, it's a buy. Haskins may be trending up a little bit over passing yards for Haskins. What do you think?
3: It's all about whether Callahan is going to do the right play calling and abandon his strategy of ground and pound. But pounds. if you're
1: right about the Jets, if it listen, if it's a tie game or whatever, I don't think he will. He's going to figure, hey, let's just make one play at the end. But you guys think the Jets are going to get up? Ah, uh, you know that's yeah. a good point, right? So if yeah. you like the Jets here, doesn't Haskins overpassing yards kind of fix? Yeah, it, it gets it, it gets Callahan out of his game.
3: Makes sense. It's off a bye. and yep. and one of his two games was played in the monsoon against mm-hmm. the 49ers when no one could pass. So, obviously, so what do you
1: guess the total is going to be? 150. Okay. Well, we lost to Lamar Jackson. The MVP couldn't get over.
4: In a game that they far exceeded yeah, expectations. I mean,
1: Jesus. <laughs> All right. I'm firing. It's going to be my prop of the week. What's my buy price limit, you think, Fez?
3: 155.
1: All right. By price up to 155 over yardage, Haskins against the Jets. Last thing on this game, let's talk motivation. What's the motivation for the Jets? Meaning, on one hand, it feels like the Atlanta situation, though it's not exactly with the big upset. It's, 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 it's winning a vital game, right? A game that almost saves the season. Not in a good way, but I guess saves the jobs. Yeah. But do you, are you flat the next day? Mm. Game. Or is it like, let's go? Because to me, I'd like the database to tell us if the coach is on the hot seat or not, (laughs) right? Because you could objectively measure that, just use odds or whatever. And because to me, I think the fact that I think Quinn's out pretty much out the door makes him give up. The fact that they're fighting here, like, to me, the one team I think after a big win late in the year with a bad record that keeps fighting is a team fighting for their coach's job. If you're already out the door... Why fight, Quinn? Or if you're a Tomlin or someone, not that he's in this spot and your job's secure, eh, maybe you don't fight as much. This feels like a fight in time. Yeah. good. That's good for the Jets, right? Yep. What do you think?
3: Absolutely. And Darnold just came out and said, you know, we can still make the playoffs. (laughs) Playoffs! (laughs) They did a projection. The Jets have, I believe, a 0.1% chance to make the playoffs. But the mere fact that he said it, I think, is a positive.
1: Buffalo, the Bills... Minus six. Minus six. Just got beat by Baker Mayfield.
3: Like Miami in this game, it is all about Miami being undervalued. 5-0 and against the spread with Fitz playing. And while Fitz has been Since on he the, came back. Since he came back. Yes, thank you. Since he came back, if you only look at the time in the Washington game, starting when Fitzpatrick came back into the game— Miami has outscored their opponents by two points. Think about this. This was my worst-rated team. They're outscoring their opponents over for more than a month over that four-and-a-half games. And Fitz has been a top-ten quarterback the last five weeks. We just read Darnold's numbers. Oh, my goodness, they look good. Well, look at Fitz's QBRs, 76, 70, 80, 60, and his worst game, 43. So Fitz is clearly moving the offense and doing well. Miami also outplayed Buffalo in a 21-31 loss. That's the game. Remember, amazingly, Miami was catching 17 points in. Miami won the yardage by 75 yards. They won the first downs by seven. And talk about a misleading final. Last score of the game, Miami's down three. They try an onside kick. Yeah, off. Buffalo that runs turns it in. It
4: for a touchdown, yep.
3: For a touchdown. Now, turn it around. Let's talk Buffalo a little bit. Six and three. But a schedule of cupcakes, you know what? You don't have to do, like, a really complex strength of schedule analysis to realize how fortunate Buffalo has been on the schedule because there's five teams in the NFL that are clearly, by anyone's metrics, the five worst teams in the NFL. The two New York teams, Miami, Washington, and Cincinnati. Buffalo has played all five of them. They're 5-0 and against the rest of the league, 1-3. and
4: And those five teams that they've beaten, combined record of 12 12- and 44 for the Bills. And let, let me ask you this, and I hate to put you on the spot here, but if you just looked at Miami, forget about the first four months, the whole tanking theories that you had and other people had about Miami, you just looked at their last five games and you thought, where would you stack rank Miami last five games? If that's all you saw with Miami this year, where would they be
3: in your power ratings, just that Miami team? They would be right with Denver and Arizona, like four points worse than an average team. Fair enough. And even though Buffalo has a gaudy record, this is a
4: below-average
3: team, right? Yep, Yep. I got Buffalo, my number 17 team, but they've got them a point worse than an average team right now. I'm with you. It's
4: a like-like for me on the Dolphins. You mentioned it. Phony schedule for Buffalo. Those six wins, those teams are combined 12 and 44. And do you really want to lay... Six points on the road with a very conservative Buffalo offense that still hasn't had a 300-yard passer in 40-plus games. Obviously, the longest streak in the NFL. 19 points per game on offense. That's all they're averaging against that crappy schedule. I like the Dolphins here plus the six.
1: Your power pure power ratings, what do we got? Pure power ratings actually made this game six, but
3: I got to tell you, RJ, I think... Uh,
1: Can we just answer the question? Six. Six. Because what I'm worried about what would this line have been 2 weeks ago
3: well we know 3 weeks ago the line was 17 in buffalo mm-hmm. so 3 weeks ago it would have been 11 in miami
1: so a 5 point adjustment buffalo's been downgraded what probably 2 points point and a half during that time yes so it's really not that much of a down or upgrade for miami which is my concern right is are we late yeah. to the party does the matchup the fact that buffalo Played so poorly or flipping it over. Miami played so well as a 17-point dog. Was that something that felt like a matchup? Is that repeatable? Do we do we look at that first game and say that portends well?
3: That's a great question. I don't have an answer for that. I mean, you
1: would have to think so, right? Because Buffalo is such a limited te- That's the thing. When you got a, a team that's multiple on offense or defense, like the Pats, matchup, you know, they tend to set the matchup, right? But Buffalo's going to play one way, especially on offense. And the Bills seem to do pretty well against it, right? I mean, I think the matchup's a big part of this. I think Miami's underrated. Still a little. I think they're motivated. I think when they lose their first game, there's going to be a flat spot after that because it's like, well, they're out of the race for number one. They're not making the Mm. playoffs. But now there's a sense of, they're feeling their oats. But I think maybe the biggest factor here is the fact that against Buffalo, Miami overperformed to such a degree that we got to think the matchup was part
3: of it. I think we have to think that because Miami just took it to Buffalo and easily could have won that game straight up.
1: And you might say, well, RJ, couldn't you say on the other side that Buffalo is not going to look past Miami? Buffalo just lost to the Browns. They're not looking past anyone. So I don't think that adds anything. Mm-hmm. I think it just gives Buffalo confidence, and I also think it just speaks to what's on the field. So I'm going to add in a, like there myself. I like Miami. Next game. Houston, Baltimore, th- four. Baltimore, four. So home field for Baltimore, three and a half? Yes. So we're saying Houston's only a half point worse than Baltimore. Go. Yeah, so power
3: ratings. I got Houston at a three. I've got Baltimore at a five. So that makes the line two on a neutral. With the home field five and a half for Baltimore. Having said all that, I'm going against my powering something I never, oh, I rarely do, and I'm going to like Houston. Baltimore three straight huge efforts: the win at Seattle by 14, by 17 against the Super Bowl champs. I expected a letdown against the Bengals. I could not have been more wrong as they destroy the Bengals. However, the spot here I think is really good for a Houston team. Let's face it. Houston just does not typically get blown out. Houston's coming in off of a bye; they played great in London. Let me emphasize how great they played. Jacksonville has been really good in London. Jacksonville's three and one; their last four games in London before they played Houston, and Jacksonville was a dog in all four of those games. They won three of them. They're against the spread; margin was eleven and a half, and Houston beat them twenty-six to three, despite Houston never having been to London before. So, I think that. You could easily interpret that as the buy sign blinking on this Houston team getting better with such an unexpected good result. I do know this. Houston has three losses this year. They're all by one score. Last year, Houston had five losses during the regular season. All of those were by one score. If Houston doesn't lose games by more than seven points, now Houston catching four, four and a half. Houston looks attractive. I like Houston.
4: Yeah, Deshaun Watson hasn't lost a game by more than seven since high school.
1: Wow, that's a great trend. So maybe, just maybe, if you tease plus four and a half to plus ten and a half. <laughs> well, someone's doing my homework for could me. Could possibly <laughs> be a spot that he hasn't lost a game by more than a touchdown since high school? Perhaps you could say, hmm, Maybe it doesn't have to go through three. What do you think? Well, I like your logic
3: here, and obviously, when something has to happen that hasn't happened since wow. high school, uh, and I think it's, it speaks to the fact that Houston has gotten down in games, and we've watched Watson, and he absolutely has the ability to bring his team back. Should they get down the double digits, I like it, RJ.
1: Totals fifty, so points, you know. But I think you know Watson's the. Top. I wonder how with their how many games. You know, I'll tweet this is how many games has Houston during Watson's, you know, when he started, been down by more than a touchdown at any point during the game, right? Because he mm-hmm. he feels like the kind of guy that's going to bring a team back. Yeah. But I don't certainly have that memorized. So I'm going to do that, and I'll tweet it out. His Twitter handle is at RJ in Vegas. My gut feeling is, Fez, I think Baltimore was flat last week. Hmm. I'm just thinking they're so much better than Cincinnati. Cincinnati is so bad. How do we know they weren't flat, right? If I'm playing, it's one, if I'm arm wrestling someone I'm better than, stronger than, but by a little bit, and I didn't sleep, mm. if I had gone, you know, like 15 hours and 22 minutes without sleep or something, <laughs> maybe that other person beats yeah. me. Okay. But if I'm arm wrestling my niece, who's 11, I could even be up for 16, 17 hours straight and probably beat her. I also think Harbaugh got a – it's like he's got a new car. Mm. And I get it. Typically when you have a car, there's a certain time you're going to wash it, put, up, put on – you know, I'm straining the analogy here. But then when you have that car you've wanted your whole life, maybe it's a car that's given you a second life, you know, a midlife crisis, but now you got the girlfriend after the divorce – not talking about you. I'm talking hypothetically. You treat that car even better. Harbaugh's job. If, if, if this didn't work out with Jackson, Harbaugh was going to leave Baltimore. There was serious talk of him yep. leaving yep. not last year, but the year before, remember? Yep, yep. If he had, you know, whoever drafted, whoever made the decision, Jackson failed, Harbaugh likely gone. At this point, what's the over-under for Harbaugh coaching in Baltimore or being fired in Baltimore, meaning if he leaves by his own vol- volition, okay, I'd say the over-under is seven and a half years?
3: Yeah, because you've got to expect Lamar Jackson is mm-hmm. going to be yeah. a franchise quarterback for at least five years to come, unless he gets hurt, right?
1: Yeah, or more. I mean, how many 27-year-olds yeah. start dropping off? Yeah. The theory is he keeps if he keeps working as hard as he has – He keeps improving his passing incrementally, runs less every year. I've been wrong about Jackson, so I'm not necessarily predicting with a lot of confidence. But what I'm saying is I think this is a rare situation that Baltimore – and plus, this, this could be for the number two seed. You really think Baltimore's going to be flat with the number two seed on the? I mean, who's compa- Who's the favorite to get the number two seed right now? It's Baltimore.
4: Baltimore. These, if the playoffs ended today, this is the two and three seeds with Baltimore okay. being the two seed.
1: But if Baltimore loses this game, Ooh. they they lose the tiebreaker, yep. and
3: they already lose the tiebreaker to Kansas City.
1: So this is a huge game. I mean, this is a huge game for both teams. But it seems like a big chunk of your motivation or the handicap is motivation. I should say energy. Not so much so you motivation. So think energy. the Bengals wore them down?
3: I think it was now they're the than two home. games before.
1: And now they're home. Where was the Bengals game? Cincinnati. Not much of a trip, right?
3: Not much of a trip.
1: Yeah. Huh. The only thing is that God darn Watson. Like he's not, but it's four, right? Is it four or four and a half? Yeah. What's the market say right now?
3: 4.15. There's some four and
1: a half. And I'm only laying four, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Three hundred. All right. Here's my thinking. O'Brien sucks. If we know for sure, do you agree?
3: I'd say he's average. I think you're being harsh
1: on him. He's average. And how how good would you say is Harbaugh? Way above average, right? Wait, uh, yeah, number five. All right. So to me. O'Brien off of London, we had no idea what he I mean, let's not forget, you were explaining how great Jacksonville spot was. <laughs> you loved Jacksonville in that game. So, literally, you're taking a team now with Minshew, a quarterback, <clears throat> that was a one-point dog on a neutral? Close to one-point favorite. All right, one-point favorite. Now, this is interesting. Let's extrapolate here. Now, how much better...
4: <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Right.
1: Yeah. You see it. Uh oh. Uh oh. You see it. Yeah. yeah. So how much better is Nick Foles than Minshew? Two and a half. half. All right. So that means they would have been a, a three and a half point. Let's say a three point favorite against Houston. Right. Yeah. Now that means that somehow, some way, Jacksonville would be about pick 'em versus Baltimore in Baltimore.
3: Doesn't seem right, does it? (laughs) What alternative Uh reality is Baltimore being compared to Jacksonville? That's what I'm saying.
1: So we either were very, now I get it, they were three and one in London. Yeah. Which means really they're three and two. Yeah. Which means now that they've lost, they're three and three.
4: Yep. Actually, three and four now, I think.
1: Yes. So So that that massive London (laughs) home field, let's not forget about that. Because I saw a jersey once when I flipped past it at, at 8.30. I think I saw a Jags jersey. Yeah. Or it could have been the Usher. I'm yeah, not sure.
4: Mark Brunell jersey. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good.
1: So, Fez, I hear you with the whole, but the line's not seven. The line's four. Well, actually, it's four. I'm guessing if we look closely, when you said .15, it's more like .3. Because you knew what I was doing. I'm just guessing. I can't even see it that far.
3: No, it's 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 mm. it's like four point oh eight. There is a couple ah. Vegas shops that got four and a half. <laughs> yeah. That's it.
4: So, Brad, who would you have in this? I had a force like on Houston. Okay, then. Yeah. No, so force means I. Yeah, you got me.
1: Shit. All right. Any
4: closing thoughts? None. No, no. Did you want the money now?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I just think I have a ten percent ROI. That's all. Just sixty smacks. Next game, San Fran. Arizona. Oh, this, how freaking tough is this schedule? Man. Colin's still talking about how good Arizona is. Win a freaking game. <laughs> 11. 11. Now. San Fran at home. Fez, start with what you took away from Monday night.
3: I was wrong about Monday night. I had San Francisco. And where I was wrong. I did too. And where I think I was wrong is that Jimmy G, he still don't doesn't have that many starts. And I think his comfort zone is going to kill him. He's, he's
1: like 30 years old, right? Yeah. And we're still talking. I mean, this is so freaking funny how if if someone's loved, and I mean, when I say loved. I love Jimmy G. I mean, love. He's 27. I mean, if he was Hendrix, Hendrix was dead at this point. Jim Morrison was dead at this point. <laughs> right. Let's hope Jimmy G's not in the 27 club. But come on. I mean, could you imagine saying, I tell you, when Hendrix matures, I think he's going to really do something with that guitar. <laughs> I mean, Jesus freaking Christ, the guy's 27. Are we going to stop with the excuses? He's in the second year of a $30 million a year contract. And he was not
3: good on Monday night. So let's stop
1: with the excuses.
3: Yes. I mean, the bottom line is the narrative in a lot of spots was, oh, Russell Wilson's tremendous. Well, I really think Jimmy G just was not very good at all in that game. And without Kittle and then Sanders, his wide receiver acquisition came out.
1: What's Kittle's? Uh, status for this game? He is
3: less, more likely not to play this game. But it's possible. It's possible he might play. And because Jimmy G... Wasn't in his comfort zone. He just he just looked, more excuses. He just looked more excuses. He just looked off. He looked like he was throwing to guys literally that he didn't want to be throwing the ball to. He just didn't have any confidence in his deliveries and to his targets. And I'm, I I mean I hate to like is say this is like the most sympathetic voice. How can Kittle yeah. be that important to your offense? A tight end, but he certainly it certainly seemed critical. And remember, we thought San Francisco was going to be better. They had their two tackles back.
1: They had their fullback back. And basically, and if they would have won the game, you would have explained, and if you had Seattle, you'd explain how those tackles were just so much more valuable than you realized. See how dangerous this crap is? Always trying to find the angle. Tell me the freaking score. Adjust it maybe a half a point. That's what blows my mind. A team loses by 30, and there's a couple tackles worth a half a point combined (laughs) that dictates it. Fair enough, and I'll tell you
3: this, if you want a backdoor score, and we're looking at a line of 11 here, Kyler Murray is becoming very proficient at just putting up points in the fourth quarter. We saw it when these teams played just a couple weeks ago when Arizona was trailing by 11, and he cut the lead to three late, and now six straight games, Kyler Murray, with a QBR of 45 or better, I would trust Kyler Murray to be able to get Arizona in Feels the back great, door.
0: Baby. Right back at you. Thanks so much.
3: God, that's so good. Oh, jeez.
0: <laughs>
3: so I'm going to lean Arizona just to lean because I think San Francisco is going to be fully focused off their first loss. And it
2: was great, baby.
0: Right back at you. Thanks so much.
3: And it is Arizona's fourth road game in their last five. So not a good spot for Arizona.
1: So fourth road game in last five. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is there anything with the late? So the Kyler Murray late scoring continues. Yes. So if you like San Fran, do you especially look first half? Thinking they're extra motivated off the loss? I think so. Brad.
4: You know, I think a lot of it's built into the number here. These two teams just played two weeks ago, and San Fran was laying 10 on the road through the home away in 16, and now this line's 11 after just a couple games. Five points of adjustment for a San Francisco team. I get it. Uh, didn't meet expectations against Arizona, but still won. Lost a game against Seattle, a- and Arizona still ended up losing a game against Tampa Bay. Since then, I don't get the five point adjustment off of those two games.
1: So, I'm still
4: leaning with Arizona because to me, you can say, "Oh, they're motivated you after a loss." That tape on the shoes. Yeah. They're motivated uh, after a loss. I think it's st- kind of still a flat spot. They got the Packers on deck. Do you really want to give an extended effort on a short week with a, uh, a bigger game against the Packers on deck? Mm. Just a lean
3: Arizona.
1: Plus backdoor. So to me, this is one of the ones, if you like San Fran, you got to play, the or not got to, I think you point towards the first half.
3: And it's cheap. It's only minus six and a half. I don't understand this. Normally an 11-point favorite should be laying... Uh, just short of seven, like seven adjusted for a little VIG.
1: And, and six, and a, six and, a and a half all over the place. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and you, you got to figure San Fran's going to come out strong, right? Let me uh, – we'll go to the next game, but I'm going to look up how undefeated teams do. I actually – the funny thing is they actually tend to do poorly, if I recall, because what happens is that loss isn't a bounce back. It's not a dream crusher, but it's crushing because – they feel like at a certain point you could be the, the perfect season.
3: And yeah. you, and if you're 5-0, and 6-0, you you keep getting up each and every game, right? Because of that. Exactly. Yeah, so
1: There's a letdown, I think. So we'll look at that, or I'll look at that next game, and we've got one, two, three, four to go, and then best bet decision. It's going to be in the lab, the best bet lab, we'll call it. Philly, New England. New England by three and a half on the road. Right, I got
4: a like-like here. You got a lean. I'm not afraid. All here. right, go, baby. So, you got the trifecta here, and I yeah. actually did this before straight out of Vegas. What, so, you, you used the term trifecta? I didn't use trifecta. Where'd you get that from? I think I got it from RJ. I don't think I know I got it from RJ Bell.
1: So, but you said it, and Fez didn't interrupt you. No, and he would have
4: if it was you. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. So... Number one, Belichick off a straight-up loss. This is since they won their first Super Bowl, so New England became a public team 2002. Belichick off a loss, 66%. Off a buy, Belichick, this is since 2002, 56%. Belichick with revenge, and I get it. They don't normally play each other, but this is the ultimate revenge, Super Bowl revenge. Now, did you have that
1: before I gave it to you? Yep. I, I, this is yeah. my write-up.
4: 64% against the spread. 66, 56, 64 all make sense. I don't normally like laying three and a half on the road, but I will here. Like, like, New England.
1: Here's the question, though. What should this line be? Meaning... I think all those are factors. How many points do you give each? What's the overlap? What's the correlation? I don't know. I I could just say two. He's probably being generous. Yeah, I agree. What should the line be, Fez? Line
3: on power ratings should be two. I've got New England rated a plus eight in my power ratings. I have Philly at a plus three. So five points difference, three for home field, Yeah, yeah, yeah. New England minus two.
1: Yeah, so good. And now we're going through three. Mm. So let's say going from two and a half to three and a half. Is forty cents right? So now it's forty-five. We got forty-five cents to make up. We just said it's worth about two points four ticks of uh, six, seven cents each, an average tick, let's say. That's only twenty-eight cents. Yeah. Mm. And then you got to make up that plus enough to get to five. Yeah. To five and a half. Not doing it. Fez, what do you think on this game?
3: I lean to New England because all those trends are so powerful. But I got to tell you, I got concerns about New England. And I've learned from the past, always keep New England's power rating higher than I think it should be because they're such a cover machine. But this New England team, they can't run the ball at all. They're 30th in the league in yards per rush. If you watch Sony Michelle, for whatever reason, he's not breaking any tackles. Obviously, a big part of this is that they're still missing their two offensive linemen and their fullback. And New England... They have to have long drives to score points. They don't have any home run hitters right now. So you've got Edelman. He's getting 10 yards per catch. You bring in Sanu. He's getting eight 8.7 yards per catch. Um, Dorsett, one of their few speedsters, got banged up last game. He's going to play. He's not 100%. So where are the guys like the Josh Gordons, like the Antonio Browns, that can stretch the field?
5: Because of that, it's just a lean to New England. And I got uh, stuff on this game. I like the Eagles.
1: Oh, let's hear it.
5: Well, Brad brought up a lot of great points, a lot of trends that I did consider. However, this is the thing about New England. The increased focus that we like with the road favorite, the not, giving, not letting up on your opponent that we like in a road favorite. I think that's all built in New England's regular power ranking. I think that is who they are now every week. So I'm using that consistency to not give them that bump up. And my power ranking has this at one. I still like New England. And let me give you some trends.
1: Wait, that, I'm sorry. You still like New England?
5: I'm sorry, I still like Philadelphia. Okay, go ahead. So that 66% after a loss, that's since 2002. Since they won their uh, the first of the tri- of the second trilogy uh, against the Seahawks, mm-hmm. they're seven six and one against the spread after a loss ATS. So I don't think that they have the. It's built into their power rankings how focused and consistent they are. I don't think they have that extra bump up. Their talent isn't any better, but they're just more focused every game, and I think that's why they're so successful. And ironically, that's why I don't think they'll be more successful than their numbers
1: suggest at this point. In a way, you're coming at it uh, in the same way I am, which is this is built in. Mm -hmm. I am not going to necessarily try to figure out, because I don't think 7-6 and tells you enough. To know, but w- when you have a really strong tr- trend like that over 13 games, especially considering Belichick's ATS record is better than that in just every other, you know, the non-off of a loss is going to be better than the seven and six yeah. record, right? Uh, Percentage wise, how's Philly's health? Philly is getting
3: healthy on the defense, but they're not healthy on the offense. They've had some setbacks. So wide receiver, Deshaun Jackson, their speed burner. He came back up, abdominal tear. He's out for the year. And another one of their wide receivers, Jeffrey, who had come back and was 100%. He is questionable. He got injured again. Their tackle, Jason Peters, is still questionable. So Philly's defense, market improvement. They got Jurgen back on the defensive line, but on offense, still
1: problems. All right. Okay, I've got this now. Check this out. Any team starts the NFL season 4 and 0 or better. 4 and 0 quarter of the season. You have all those quarter of the season type articles. Then you lose. What happens the next game? 32 This is 30 plus years. 32 winners, 51 losers, two pushes. That's 38.6%. So San Francisco Better 4 0 or better, lost. Now 32, 51 and 2. I'm going to put one little caveat on it. I'm going to say so the line in the game was less than a touchdown, right? I'm going to see if it was a close game. Oh, that's interesting. There's two things we can look at. We can look at if the line was close and you lost, does it affect things? Or if the game itself was less than one score, is it even more of a heartbreaker? If you get blown out. So I'm going to look that up as we continue. Cincy Oakland. Let's go with Esler. So Uncle Dave. This dude's winning. We should just auto have whatever his pick is.
2: Let's listen. Uncle Dave. Sunday in Oakland. Love the Raiders minus 10 over the Bengals. First thing I think about when I lay double digits in the NFL is the back door going to be open Not here. I think Oakland's been beaten to death for so long, there's no chance they don't take advantage of an opportunity to extend the lead. They've had extra rest. They played last Thursday. Raiders, realistic chance to make the playoffs. But this is really about the Bengals. Starting Finley, I think that's the true tank sign. Left tackle, Cody Glenn, concussion protocol makes it even worse. Bengals are last in the league in sacks. Why is that important? Because Carr can take them. The Bengals have three interceptions this year. Tyler Boyd has as many fumbles as touchdown receptions. The Bengals have three rushing touchdowns all season, all by Andy Dalton. A.J. Green is completely done. The total's going up in spite of more tickets on the under. I cannot think they're expecting the Bengals to contribute to that. I love the Raiders minus 10 over Cincinnati.
1: The Raiders. Uncle Dave, by the way, Twitter, you can follow him. It's Dave underscore Esler, E S S L E R. So Raiders are ten and a half, Fez. What's your power rating say?
3: Power ratings make Cincinnati minus ten and a half, Oakland minus one and a half, home field three, Raiders minus eleven and a half. Power ratings lean Oakland. What do you got? I lean Oakland. And I can make the case, we've been talking about this forever, right? Oh, bad spot for Oakland. Accumulation of that 21,000 frequent flyer miles where they've been going all over the country, all over the world, really. Well, now Oakland's finally been home, and this is their third straight home game. And Oakland has 10 days to prepare. So any jet lag, any fatigue is long gone from this team.
1: Hey, real quick. I'm sorry to interrupt. Will you look up post-Baltimore this year? Okay. Further,
3: I can make the case that this being the last season in Oakland, I got them three for home field. And a lot of people said, I don't know about them having a three. But everything I see is that there's a tremendous amount of excitement for the Raiders with their home field in their very last season. A bunch of the fans saying, you know, this is their last year and they're packing the stadium. And much more so than I've seen in prior years. Part of that, of course, is that the Raiders have been winning, exceeding expectations.
1: Mackenzie, go to 538.com and Tell me the Raiders' playoff chances, please. Push up. I think I heard the Ringer guys say they're over 50%. To me, I can't. Were the Raiders even f- favored by more? They were, what, two against Detroit, right? You got up to three or did it? I don't even remember. Yeah, it hit three. Did it? It did. So they pushed?
5: Yeah,
3: and the closer. But it was one of those two,
4: yeah.
5: two and a
3: half all week long, right?
5: One, five. Live. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry, we're looking at thirty nine percent for
1: the Raiders according to five thirty eight. To make the playoffs. Thank you. Mackenzie, go ahead.
4: One five and one after the Ravens. Against- Minus eight point seven points per game against the spread. I know
3: what you're getting at.
1: Oh yeah. I think I think Bengals are beat up. And pursuant
3: to that, look at what happened at the end of the Raven game. I don't know if I've seen this before. No many carries Joe Mixon got for the Bengals? Nah. 30. Think about this. Oh, my gosh. You get beat by 30 points in the game, and your number one running back gets the ball. He totes the rock the Dude, whole second that's half. A great,
1: that's a great— yeah.
3: They gave—Zack they, Taylor's like, oh, we're dead. We have no chance. We're terrible. Just hand it off to Mixon. Let's get out of Dodge
1: even though Why we're Why not home. hand it off to the second string guy? Oh. Crazy. Why not get your quarterback yeah. some reps? How was that quarterback, fest? Ryan Finley was poor. Hmm. Inaccurate. Who, who could have thought of that?
3: You could.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, in hindsight, all joking aside, Andy Dalton, they were talking about a couple years ago he was in the MVP race. What do you got, Brad?
4: I'm leaning Oakland here. First, Why up, not like? Because it's only the second time Oakland's laid double digits in 15 years. Okay. So if there's an historical baseline on Oakland, I mean, this is this is it here. Although I'll say this. Everyone's talking about Miami being the historically poor team. This could be it with Cincinnati for two reasons. Number one, you might have an historically inept coach coaching, coaching staff, and now you might have an historically really bad quarterback who should not has no business being the quarterback for the Bengals with being a fourth round rookie. Might,
1: yeah, this Driscoll though got beat out by him, so whatever <laughs> we want to say yeah. about Driscoll, I'd be worried.
4: <laughs> True, and you asked me earlier, Oakland's future schedule st- uh, strength twenty six. So it's weak. So there should be a lot of excitement with Oakland. And
1: am I correct? They haven't laid more than three this year? They haven't. So to me, if you play a couple of games you're supposed to win big, maybe you end up uh, getting lax. I'm going to make a like on the Raiders. Because you know what we know about Gruden? He likes attention. You know how I smell weakness and press the green button? weakest coach maybe in football over there. You don't think Groon's got a couple of trick mm. play. You don't think he's going to do a few things that they can p- talk about on Sports Center? Yeah. Mhm. And you don't think I mean, let's say they score that touchdown in the middle of the fourth to get up 28. Is that is it going to be like or is the crowd going to be going nuts? Groon's going to be jumping on people? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you if you're ever going to see a team with more motivation for margin in the NFL. They're not tired. Ravens, we just said, one cover out of seven games after the Ravens. Yep. One five and one. Yep. They're beat up. And now they got to travel all the way across the country. I mean, this is like a dream spot. And your power ratings say we're not paying a premium.
3: Exactly. And I love this injury report from Roto World on A.J. Green. So A.J. Green, Bengals are hopeful would play against Baltimore. Didn't quite make it. So uh, we, do we expect him back this week? I don't know if we ever expect him back. Roto-World, quote, A.J. Green did not practice Wednesday. We will update you when A.J. Green returns, if he returns. What's
1: amazing is he's getting, how much is he getting paid this year? I mean, like, this is literally like, do you want to work? Nah, okay, here's yeah. your $3 million check. Yep. I mean, it's saying like more than people make in a lifetime.
3: 15 million a year.
1: 15 wow. freaking sticks. And has he taken a snap this year? Wags, five sticks wired now to Wendy Rhodes' personal account. I mean, AJ would maybe forget that got wired. All right. Here's what we're going to do Fez is trying to find out <laughs> if AJ yeah. Green took a snap.
3: Yeah, he did play five games. Five games?
1: This season, yeah, no way. Can I green button
5: no. you on that? uh, uh Oh, is-
1: I pulled up the wrong year. <laughs> you know something? Let's keep <laughs> control room. Let's keep it here. No, no. <laughs> so let's describe this. <laughs> Now, Brad is trying on his computer. Now, Fez's point in talking to himself.
3: He hasn't played in 2019, so defaulted to 2018 for his obviously. game a lot. Obviously. <laughs>
1: uh, we're going we're gonna to let Fez take a spritz. <laughs> What is he? I mean, you've had like seven Mountain Dews. I don't think that's gonna help Look at anything. All
4: empty cans.
1: Yeah, I mean the dead soldiers. <laughs> <as> they're called. <laughs> Never heard that. Ah, we're gonna take a commercial, only one. Then we're gonna have two games: Chicago Rams big game, KC Chargers big game. So Sunday night, right? Sunday night. Yep. Yep. Monday night, and then the best bet face-off, Fez. I'm thinking he's discombobulated, so we'll get the picks we want. Back in a minute. Bet DSI, what makes them good? What makes them worthy to try out? 20 years paying winners. Multiple review sites top rated. Also, fast payouts. Also, all the sports NFL, obviously, college, obviously, but NBA, Christmas is coming up. College basketball over Thanksgiving, over the holidays, those tournaments, playoffs, in-game betting, props. Fez had a couple of props. I had a prop. We also talked about in-game betting. where if this happens, look to do that in-game. BetDSI.com has it all, and you get that 100% bonus match effectively on your first deposit, effectively paying you, compensating you to try them out. BetDSI.com, promo code BELL101. And finally, we've got college football fans on the NFL pod. Do you need to brush up on your football knowledge? Then enroll in the Dosaki's East College Football Football College. You'll learn from brilliant football minds like Jay Cutler, Martellus Bennett, Katie Nolan, and John Bacon. The dude wrote a book about college football. You will have an edge in every argument you have this season. You could even enter for a chance to win tickets to the 2020 College Football Playoff National Championship. So be the first in your family to earn a football watching certificate from a beer school. Enroll in Dosequi's College Football College at slash edu Dosequi's keep it interesante. Dosakis beer brands. Enjoy Dosakis responsibly. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas. White Plains, New York, Copyright 2019. Dosecki's Beer Brins. No purchase necessary. 50 US states plus DC, 21 or older. Enter by 12, 2019. Rules available at Dosecchi's.com slash EDU. Let's giddy up. Rams at home. Favored by six and a half. Six and a half against the Chicago Bears. The hitman. How's he doing in the circa? It was
4: one game back last week. Hold on. Well, that's look at why I'm the...
1: referencing it. Fezzy, wezzy, what do you got? All right, let's go power ratings. Power ratings make the game on a neutral ramp. Hey, l- let me let me help you with this. What 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 is the line based on your power ratings? Seven. Line should be seven based on my power ratings. Six and a half is the current number. That's
3: right. So slight lean power ratings say towards the Rams, but I'm going to go ahead and pass this game. You know, I got to tell you, RJ, I don't want any part of either one of these two teams I know I don't want the Bears. If you look at that Bears offense, wow, their that offense has been totally underperforming, but I can make the case that on the scoreboard it's better than it really has been. Think about that Saints game where the Bears returned to kickoff to start. So you're saying the, game. the truth
1: is even worse. The
3: truth is even worse. Against Philly, they didn't the Bears didn't move the ball at all against Philly, but somehow they got fourteen points because the two times they managed to get into the red zone, they got touchdowns. All right, so the truth is worse.
1: Yes. Chicago offense. What else?
3: Awful. Uh, Rams offense is also having serious issues and now they got cluster O line injuries. Their center got injured last week. He's out for the season.
1: Hey, Brad, will you pull up the sheet you got sent and pull up the Bears? I wanna I wanna look at their um offensive numbers. Go ahead, Fest.
3: And they already had a tackle that was out for the season, so with the Rams struggling on offense and the Bears seemingly
1: with no so offense. The, I want to question that. I, I'm, I'm liking the Rams here, I think. So I won't say like yet. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense is playing really well. So let's excuse. And it was outdoors, golf. Well, what was the weather in the Pittsburgh game? 40?
3: It was actually 53.
1: But I, weren't you talking about the weather? 40 is
3: chance of precipitation. It was actually a balmy day in Pittsburgh. Hmm,
1: okay. Uh, uh, grass, right? So let's take a look at Chicago here. My My only thinking is. That The Bears' problems are, like you said, even worse than they seem. And I think the Rams, if you just looked at three games, if you say the Ramsey trade was a stake in the ground, what has happened in those three games? Dominated Atlanta, right?
3: Handled, yep, handled the Bengals in London.
1: Dominated the Bengals. They covered, right? A yeah, big 1 jump by on 14, Lane 11. And they go into Pittsburgh, and they lose a nail-biter. How is that net-net, their ATS margin is through the roof for those three games. Yes. But somehow the perception is, and and it's interesting, look at the Rams' power rating. I don't know if you got your week-to-week there, but if not, you should just print them out and keep them here, you know. I'm guessing you got the Rams like even or down a little bit from before the Atlanta game.
3: Yeah, get them up a half point from the Atlantic.
1: Okay, so that shows when you do it week to week, it's hard sometimes. Meaning, kudos, you, you didn't, you know, I think screw it up. Well, that's not the way to say. It. I think you got it closer to right. But if you asked a hundred, let's say, serious football fans, but not professionals, were you thinking about the Rams now versus three weeks ago? I think people are down on. It. Yeah, yeah, slightly down.
3: And, and a big part of that, as they look at the standings, they're like, oh, I don't think the Rams are going to make the playoffs. They're a third-place team.
1: Yeah, but all they – I mean, they may or may not, but they're certainly not unmotivated. And If anything, giving up those first-round picks keeps them motivated. you got to wonder if Pittsburgh would have maybe let the foot off the gas after a couple of those losses, after Baltimore, after San Fran, after they made that trade. Because they made that trade, they couldn't. It would have been embarrassing. Imagine the conversation about Fitzpatrick if, if the Steelers, you know, had only won, let's say, one game since the trade. So I think the 49ers have burned the boats. Or, sorry, check that. The Rams have burned or burnt the boats. That's the old armies. They land and say, we're not going back. We're, we're either going to take over this country or we're done. All right?
4: I'm worried about backing the Rams here because their offensive line is compromised. It's not one, not two. It's three offensive linemen for them. And this offense, going even back to the Cincinnati game, it's now been 19 straight possessions without a touchdown for the Rams. And if there's one team I I really, you know, if I got question marks on on the offensive line, I don't want to be facing Khalil
1: Mack on the other side with the Bears. So so the three linemen... How good are they? What's the drop-off? When were they her first hurt? Two of the three guys just
4: got hurt in the last game.
1: All right. That's a big deal. Go ahead.
4: And what Fez was mentioning earlier, Chicago's got a bunch of late scoring that that's in, inflated some of so what's scoring the. scoring. So what's the total in this game? 40 and a half.
1: 40 and a half.
3: And it, it's been dropping all day. It was 41 and a half, of like, when I went to sleep last night, and now 40s are popping up.
1: I mean, and how you didn't wake up? It's almost been 16 hours. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> that uh, was one of the classic like, Oh my God. Yeah. Oh so, my aren't God. you
4: up 16 hours every day of your life? <laughs> that was the point. I know.
5: <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fine, hard
1: not man. to be. Yeah, I know. <laughs> So this is in Chicago, right? Yeah. No, it's not. No, LA. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. LA. The
3: game last year was in Chicago. Was
1: yeah, that's what I that. was saying. Is how so I mean, how much do we look at la I mean, really, the game in Chicago, this is just to remind everyone you've been up for a while. We'll just keep it. No, <laughs> is that was the, the debunking. I mean, if if you go back and read the press, entering that Chicago game, boy genius, you know, next generation. I mean, Colin said it on today's show, you know, Wednesday. It was like it wasn't but 10 games ago that everyone was trying to emulate the Rams. Yep. And now, if we did a draft of teams to win a title in the next seven years, which in theory, Goff would still be in his prime. In theory, uh, I mean, Cooper, I mean, most of the players... I mean, Donald, I guess, would be at the edge of his prime, but gimpy knees. I mean, where's the Rams going in that draft? I mean, the Rams go
3: top 10? No. Too much money for Gurley. Too much money for Goff. You nailed yeah. that. You talked about that rookie deal being a bargain for Goff, and now Goff's getting
1: worse, and that deal just got terrible. And the question is, it's all—it's a guarantee. It's like, what is it, 130 and it's like 112 guaranteed or something? Mm-hmm. You can't even get out of it. Like, how do you let him go? I mean, he literally might be a backup and you're going to have to keep it because why cut him, yep. right? you got to mm-hmm. pay for a backup. Just don't, you know, paying 40 mil. <laughs> and I'll tell you this, the way quarterbacks now are coming in, I don't think it's coincidence that six-rounders – are competent, and every first round pick is competent. To some, I mean, who's the you know least competent? Rosen. And again, I still don't know yeah, what bad. Rosen is, but he's an exception.
3: And they got dealt a bad hand. Yeah, yeah. Two bad
1: hands. Are you really chewing ice right into the mic? That's you, by the yeah, way. Yeah, that is that is fezzik. Uh, yeah, for those listening. Yeah, <laughs> for those listening. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry.
4: Well, I just know they really get on you. On oh well, yeah,
1: I get it. But, I mean, who's better, right? I, I, I'm an anti Darnold guy. Is golf really that much better? I don't think so. I got him half a point better right now. Is he better than, I mean, how much better is Baker, you know, golf than Baker Mayfield? I've got him decimal
3: points apart. So,
1: and, and again, I'd probably have, uh, Darnold a little ahead of Mayfield, but I think May, Mayfield's about coaching more, I think. You know, I, I don't know how good it'll be, but Kyler Murray or Goff?
3: I got Murray one slot above Goff right now. So yeah. it's like
1: literally you can't throw a dart or you can't throw a dead chicken or whatever you throw in these in, in these types of phrases. and. You're you're you could get someone on a rookie deal for five freaking years, mm-hmm. and now you're paying this guy like he's a superstar. And it, McV- I mean, by all accounts, this is what McVeigh wanted. That's the thing. If you were a GM right now or an owner, Fez, and you could have Shanahan on a ten-year deal or McVeigh, who would you want?
4: It's real close. Shanahan.
1: Yeah. Yep. I think so too. One, he's more tested,
4: yeah, hmm.
1: right. And number two, he's got the pedigree. I mean, to some degree, if it's wrestling, if it's computer, if you just grow up around it, you, you yeah. you've got. Now, now not everyone that does is good, but if you're good and you have, you have a depth of knowledge that some of these other, you know, McVeigh in a way had fresh eyes. But you got to keep innovating if you want to. If you want to win by innovation, you got to keep innovating.
3: And McVeigh could get me fired, and Shanahan won't. Probably.
1: Why why is that?
3: From the GM I want to hire. No, I understand, you know,
1: but what I'm saying, why would McVeigh be the type to get your five I think
3: more variance with how McVeigh is gonna coach huh, going forward, right?
1: True. Well, I think a minimum because he's more reliant on the pass I mean, I guess he wanted to run too though. I mean Shanahan wants to run for a young coach. Yeah. All right. So I guess the question is is this one of those games, the total that it's just you can't comprehend that it should be thirty six, but should it be thirty six? If you just look at the offenses. Yes. Let me let me give you the football. Where, like, where would you have the Rams? Yes, do that, please. And also part of this, where would you? Because you can't look at the football outsiders season long. But right? even if you do, the Rams, they're
3: 21st in offense, fourth in defense. The Bears, fifth in defense, 26th in offense. So you have two top five defenses playing against two bottom 10 offenses, where are the points coming from?
1: So why why isn't this like a monster under? Because the, always the answer is uh, turnover. Except we've got quasi veteran, you know, at least with um, Mitchell, third year. I mean, I don't think they just uh, – and good coaches, I think they're going to play conservative. I mean, I like the teaser in it. like whatever side you – you know, I think points are valuable. What do you think?
3: Yeah, I think – the reason it's not like an enormous bet, and maybe I'm just too concerned about value here, is that there was an equivalent game last week. The Rams played Pittsburgh, and it was 44. And I'd make the case Pittsburgh and Chicago seem pretty comparable to me.
1: Mm, I think that on defense, you're being generous if you if you would say before last week, the Pittsburgh. I think you would have slotted Pittsburgh clearly below Chicago on defense, correct? Yes. And I'm not so sure... I'm not so sure now if if Chicago's offense isn't worse. Meaning, I think Rudolph's being exposed, at least the way he is now. But at least you could imagine a trend line with Rudolph. I mean, Trubisky seems to be going down because it's in his head. And if you watch that... Well, but hold on, but do you see what I'm saying? I,
3: oh, absolutely. And I, it's not just in his head, it's in his coach's head, I think. They don't want to do anything with Trubisky. If you looked at that Detroit-Lion game... I mean, okay, I get it. The Bears struggled in some games on offense playing against good teams like the Saints. You're playing the Detroit Lions. It's the end of the first half. You haven't crossed midfield. You haven't come close to your midfield the entire first half until your last drive against prevent defense. That's horrible.
4: They've only topped the Bears still 300 yards in one game so far this year, one out of nine, 300 yards.
1: That's it. And with these linemen being out, let's call it a point, that has to be adjusted from last week too, and you made a great point, Brad. Is Bears are the last team you want to have a patch, and the O line wasn't good to start mm-hmm. with, and everything I'm reading
3: with the Rams line, it's not just a matter of okay, we're going to put in the backups. It's Juggle City that they're moving guys all over the place.
1: Plus, doesn't McVeigh get hyper conservative? He doesn't want golf hurt mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. to some degree, if you are looking past this season, the last thing you want is golf you know, trade away your number one and get your quarterback knocked out. I think the Rams would love, love, love to go into overtime. If, if they could get an agreement from Chicago to say, let's start in overtime, meaning games tied, first one to score a touchdown, you know, overtime rules start the game. They'd love that. They have a chance to win and get the hell out get of Get out there. of there and oh, try man. to get healthier. Yeah, I mean, and not get your quarterback killed. Mm.
3: Is there any 41s out there?
1: Yeah, there's still a few
3: 41 scragglers. Mirage has a 41.
1: Let's get let's get down. Okay. Give me a dime on 41. You getting down, Brad?
4: Yeah, I am too.
1: All right, 41's a key number. Look at Brad bringing out the roll. That's a nice. Hey, you took me to heart, didn't you, buddy? I like it. Oh, yeah, I listen. I mean, you got to listen. When I'm wearing jeans, he's he's putting up his money he wants to bet.
3: Um, let's see what they'll take.
1: Let's go to the next game. And we'll have Brad go first. Last game, then we'll do I him best we backs. got,
5: got Hitman Sam.
1: Oh! Let's hear what the Hitman had. Now listen, did we get the circa, his circus standing?
5: Sixth place.
4: He's three points back, so he had a bad
5: week,
1: too, last but week. But his That's, record so far...
4: It just had the point total, 33 and a half
1: points. So how many people are in this contest, you remember?
4: Uh, 1,500, I
1: think. And the Hitman... Is in sixth. In sixth. Pregame.com, you can get the Hitman's all his premium picks, not just the contest picks. All right, let's listen to him, and then we'll move on to Monday night, then
0: Best Bats. Hitman now. Sunday night football, best bet. We're going to look to the total in this game. We're going to go Bears-Rams under the 41. So the odds makers continue to price the Rams as if they're anything close to last year's offense. However, Rams games went under the total in each of their last four games. All four went under by one score or more. Jared Goff has faced five teams in the top half of the league in pressure rate this season. In those games, averaging 6.2 yards per attempt, And in those five games, the Rams scored a touchdown on only nine of 59 possessions. The Rams are now without three starting offensive linemen. And most importantly, the Bears rank sixth in the league in pressure rate. The best unit so far for the Rams this season has been their defense. Jalen Ramsey is going to be shadowing Allen Robinson, who's really the Bears' only weapon that they have on offense. The Bears' last three games have a combined total of 33, 36, and 17. Trubisky is 28th in passer rating under pressure this season, while the Rams are 2nd in the league in pressure rate. It was in cold weather, but last year, a far superior Rams offense lost 15-6 in Chicago. These same quarterbacks had a combined 7 interceptions with less than 300 yards passing. I like to total all the way down to 40 in this one. All right, there he is.
1: God, I tell you, he's got a good mind for this stuff. Young guy. Last, Love
3: the hit man.
1: Last game, Kansas City against the Chargers. Now, Fez, you've got a theory. Now, Colin Cowherd had his eight teams that could make the or win the Super Bowl. He did not include Kansas City. Oof. I mean, I listen, I I'm very thankful for Colin. He's been a great friend. You know, Fez, this is your theory, but I think it's so sweet, and and I've got to succinctly drill down. Tell me if this sounds right. So Kansas City, 4-0, they started the season, undefeated. And anyone's power rankings, yours included, my favorite in the NFL, Steve Fezix, it was Pats 1, Kansas City 2. Brad, is that true? Yep, absolutely. Now, in the next couple of games, Kansas City... Didn't perform as well, but what happened? Mahomes got banged up. Now, Fez, when Mahomes was banged up, there was two different games, two different bang-ups before the big dislocation of the knee. You had him downgraded Mahomes how many points? Two and a half. Doesn't mean they would have won the games that they lost. Maybe they would have, maybe they wouldn't have. It doesn't matter. It means during that time, Kansas City was two and a half points, by your assessment, less the team. Worse than they would have been if Mahomes was healthy. So first four games, he was healthy. Next couple, he wasn't. They lost. And then dislocation. So that game, they still won, right? Dominating defensive performance against Denver Thursday night. Now, this is interesting. So that was game seven, right? 4-0, 2-1. A new defensive coordinator. What do we know about new defensive coordinators with new schemes? It take, there's excitement at the beginning of the year. Then there's usually disappointment. And then there's, oh, not doing so bad because it takes a while to learn the new scheme. So think about what makes a team. A team is the offense with the quarterback being the key in the NFL today. And then the defense. Forget special teams for a minute because a lot of luck in special teams. Now imagine the trend line. Mahomes way high, first four games in the offense. Defense low. Still in aggregate, summed up, the second best team. Then Mahomes down two and a half points. The defense starting to trend up, but just a smidge. Loss, loss. Defense breaks through against Denver. And then from there, the defense has been about average. Now think about this. How many points, Fez, would you say from the start of the season till now that Kansas City's defense is upgraded? Two points. All right. I I think that sounds right. So that team that was four and zero, if everything else were equal, you got to add two points because the defense is better. Now Mahomes probably last week wasn't a hundred percent, but there's no reason to think he won't be. Right? Yes. So at that point, Mahomes will be the same level that he was the first four games. You would expect, right? Yes. So that's even eventually soon enough. I think even this week, plus two on defense. Any other changes to the team, perhaps on offense, perhaps a wide receiver?
3: Yeah, Tyreek Hill only played week one and then missed about five games.
1: How much of an upgrade is he? He's worth easily one point. So what we're saying is Mahomes soon enough is going to be at his MVP level. The defense, who knows if it keeps trending up, but even if it flattens out, it's up two from earlier. And with Hill up one. The second-best team after game four – is going to be three points better soon enough, if not this week. How can't they be at least second, if not the first best team? But who's saying it? No one. Except Steve Fezzik. How was that presentation, Brad? Beautiful. What do you think, Steve?
3: Dream, dream.
1: Ah, nah. Yeah, yeah
3: do it. Do it.
1: Go, uh, oh, come on. I'll give her the Do dr- it. All right. I'll give the dream for your good information there. Oh. And that's the beauty, though. And, you know, pulling back the curtain, guys, is Steve's just been killing it with his content, his work. He's got his little desk up here. It's like he's a trader on Wall Street now. (laughs) I mean, he's squinting a lot, but still. And the last piece is presentation. And what happens is when Steve feels like he's got something that he's sure of. He slows it down, not to help him understand, but he just feels good. He's like strutting around in a pair of pants that finally fit right, right? He's just walking extra places. But (laughs) I guess I'm speaking from experience with those pants being tight sometimes. But the fact is, Steve, if you want to luxuriate, luxuriate on the concepts because they're so good, what you just laid out. I said that at a leisurely pace, but I focused on how wonderful you isolated the defense, isolated Mahomes, and talked about how we saw how it was deceiving because they never were trending up at the same, or they never were at the high point yet at the same time. That's yet Mm. to come. But if we know anything in the NFL, it's Mahomes healthy, is really, really good. If that's the uncertainty, the only other uncertainty is, well, maybe the defense isn't as good as they've been the last four games, except it only makes sense that if Reed's gonna make a change, you gotta figure it's gonna be at least equal to last year, if not better. Yep. And now we see the trend line. Brilliant. I think brilliant from fast. What else we got in this game? So what does it mean? What do you got in the game?
3: All right, let's start with power ratings. I have Kansas City minus five, correction, minus four and a half. The Vegas line is four, so not a big difference.
1: I do so think to be clear, you have when you add it up in net. Kansas City, minus four and a half.
3: Yes, and this game is on a neutral. It's in Mexico at 7,300 feet of altitude. I think advantage Chargers. The Chargers are practicing all week at the Air Force Academy. So because of that, I expect that the Chargers— I, I don't know how to quantify this, RJ, how much this is worth, but um, sure looks like an advantage Chargers, right?
1: Well, it's what Belichick did, right? But remember now, they played Denver when Belichick did it the week before. So Kansas City had the Thursday night game. Oh, I remember against the Raiders, right? Yeah.
4: No, the Chargers had the
3: The game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I misspeak? Yeah, Yeah, the Chargers had the Thursday night game, and then Kansas City had who last week?
3: They had the Titans at Titans.
1: Ah, okay. So they're flying home. Kansas City's not. So Kansas City's now is Kansas City going to Mexico City? Early?
3: No. no, I'm trying to get the details on it, but that's not— Trying to get the details. No, they they did not just go to to Mexico early. No.
1: So as of now, they're not in Mexico. It's my understanding. Huh. Let's look at it. When you say it's your understanding, that's code for you don't know. I don't know. So why do you say that's your understanding? Because you have no—you don't have understanding, right? Right. Because if they're in Mexico, I don't think there's any advantage. Right? Right. I mean, because the theory is the altitude— Is something you get acclimated, 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 something too. Well, Brad's looking that up. Have you ever been accused of doing something you didn't do? Well, it happened to me in Mexico City. I mean, maybe it is an advantage not to be in Mexico City.
4: (laughs) They're not altering their practice routine at all, the Chiefs.
1: So now here's the question. Andy Reid, top five coach. Andy Reid's not good at certain things. Is this one of the things he's good at or not? I know what Belichick did was practice at altitude. But remember, Kansas City versus the Rams was the Mexico City game that wasn't last year. And weren't they already in Mexico City when the game was called? I believe
3: they were because they called the game. Is that your
1: understanding? I think it has to be. It was the day McKenzie, before you,
3: they called, they pulled it off, right?
1: Will you look that up, please? Is I want to see what Kansas City did leading up to the game being switched from Mexico City last year to the Rams. All right, we'll do. To Los Angeles. To me, if they were in Mexico City mm. and they didn't go back, that's a sign of Kansas City saying, F that, right? Because yeah. if they would have went last year and then because it was a big – this might be – there might be a massive consternation within the Kansas City building about why would they schedule them in Mexico City again? I mean, that seems really, really unfair, doesn't it? Yes. Yep. I mean, you give them this crazy, you know. And I don't know if it was a home game for them last year, but I mean, is it? So who's losing the home game here? Chargers. Chargers are. All right. So, well, I guess that's why it would have went to the Rams, right? I guess last year. Yep. But, boy, you think after you f them around. They can engage in a level of cruelty that I think should be alarming to us all. I mean, (laughs) tough. I think that's the biggest factor in this game. I think Kansas City has given – if they're just hanging out at home, when last year they certainly did something to get ready for that, I don't think they were just sitting at home. We would have been talking about it. Isn't that them saying whatever? Whatever edge it is, we're not drinking that water or whatever, right? Yes. What do you think, Brad?
4: It's strong. The fact that you got to give Reed the benefit of the doubt. If he's already experienced something one time and he's not willing to go back to it.
1: But maybe it's not that he thinks it's its just like you. You know running every morning would be better for yep. you than not, but you don't run, no. right? So it's like I think it's like he's just fooey And let's yeah. be honest. Re- listen, I got zero problem. I mean— talking about, gla- you know, maybe not right this moment, but in my life, glass houses with saying, oh, that guy doesn't have great discipline because, but Andy, it's hard to say that a guy that's, you know, that heavy set is like a master of discipline, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's he's obviously a brilliant guy. He's obviously a worker, right? He's obviously working enough to be one of the great NFL coaches, but not a master of discipline, you wouldn't think. It could be his genes, but, you know. He was a big kid on that
4: pump-passing kick, highlight. <laughs> yeah, that's a
1: good point. <laughs> Jeez. That's a good point. <laughs> so, I, th- I don't think I can play Kansas City. I mean, it's like, to me, it's Chargers or pass. You were getting kind of up on the Chargers going into that Bears game. How have you reevaluated? Yeah,
3: I think the Chargers are undervalued because think about what happened against Oakland. When they played Oakland... Two turnovers by the Chargers and they got Chargers got down ten nothing. If you look at the stats oh, geez, here we go. If you look at the stats, the Chargers should have won that game by about three points, but because they got a loss, I think they're undervalued. And the same thing happened when the Chargers lost to the Titans when they scored the three touchdowns, they were all called back and uh because that Chargers are undervalued.
1: Yeah, a lot of story there, but if they're undervalued, wouldn't your power ratings say that?
3: Yes, but it's not showing up. Because I think
1: because I got Kansas City
3: undervalued also.
1: Well, why would you have Kansas City? Did someone sneak in and erase your power rating and put theirs? Like,
3: I think I'm higher on both teams than most people,
1: okay. both
3: Kansas City and the Chargers.
1: All right. So you're saying Kansas City's got value, Chargers got value, so it evens out. Yes. So you can't play Chargers because of value. Yes. But I think here, I guess my own—how's read off a loss— I mean, I guess we'd go all the way. I mean, let's just see a Kansas City, right? It's been enough years. All right, let's do this. So did you have anything official on this game? Yes, I have a
3: prop bet that I don't just like. I love. Ooh, go. Melvin Gordon, we're going to go over 75 yards. That's what I'm estimating the, the odds What's maker. What's the buy price, though? The buy price is 83. All right. all right. Quite a bit higher. So two reasons why I love Melvin Gordon over. He's only averaging 33 yards For the season. But remember, he had that holdout. He came back. He wasn't ready to play in his last two games. He's looked like the old Melvin Gordon, 80 and 108 yards, averaging four and a half yards per carry year to date. RJ is only averaging three and a half. He started out very slow. Melvin Gordon.
1: Did you look at the distribution, though? I mean, are we sure there wasn't like 140 yard run in each game?
3: I did not look at the exact distribution, but I watched the games, and even the announcers are saying, Oh, Melvin Gordon's breaking tackles. He's got his speed back. And what's Kansas City's weakness on defense? Their rush defense. Last year, last week, Derrick Henry ran for 188 yards against them. And now think about it. What happens to defenses in 7,300 feet of altitude? They wear down. They get tired, and I really think that that's uh, going to be magnified by a run game, so it would make sense for the Chargers to want to ground and pound Melvin Gordon over 75 yards.
1: And to be clear, over 75 is what you're guessing, but you should give the buy price.
3: Buy price, 83, go so over. Which
1: means if you, can, if you still would play it at 82 if that was your only choice. Yes. Okay. Did you look up? There's only been one Mexico City game, the Patriots. Yeah, there's just the Patriots game. You know, so I guess the question is, how many yards did they have? I mean, the theory is the second. I mean, do we look at the second half over
3: because the defenses should I mean, be getting tired? Saying, it make, right? it. It's logical, yes.
1: Okay, so maybe tweet that out if you like it at FezzikSports, Sports F E Z Z I K. Now. We're going to go quickly.
4: Real quick, read off a loss in KC plus 3.5 points per game against the spread. It's only 18-15, and 15, but 3.5 points per game above expectation.
1: See, that's interesting because on one hand, that's impressive. On the other hand, it feels like, like, I bet if you look at the district, if you actually read the margin, I'm making a prediction. I haven't looked at this. And you can look at this when we play the, our gal. I bet that it's a lot of, like, plus four on the, on the uh, margin of victory against the spread, plus six, and then there's going to be a plus 30. There's going to mm-hmm. be a couple of blowouts sprinkled in there, and otherwise it's going to be a tight curve. That's my guess. Let's see when we come back.
2: Don't know about the future. That's anybody's guess. Ain't no good reason for getting all depressed. Fire up your pen and pencil. I give you a piece of my mind.
4: Now nah, a bunch of blowout losses and blowout wins. Six games he's covered by more than two touchdowns. Out of that,
1: okay. So six out of how many wins? Thirty-three. Six out so of that 18. seems to make my point, right? That there was there's there's a handful of big big blowouts, and otherwise that's what's skewing the ATS margin.
4: Yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. right. There'd
1: be. I mean, now if there was a bunch of blowouts against them, that wouldn't make sense. So, I mean, how many? I mean, let, let's just pick a number. Uh, He's p- got four against him. Six, four, uh, four against. And, and, and the threshold you're saying is what? Double digits. Okay. Yeah, mm. then maybe I'm not right. Okay, guys, let's keep this simple. Fez, if you had your choice, what would your best bet be?
3: Miami Dolphins plus six.
1: I like it. Let's go with it. Miami. Brad, what would you? Jets plus one. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't like it. All right, so what are your other what's number two for you? I don't it's not that I don't like it. It's just are we really making our best bet Adam Gase? Mm. And the uncertainty this is a team this is a Jack One High team if I've ever seen one this year, wouldn't you say? Yep. So let's put that to the side.
4: Perhaps. Miami would be two. Uh, three for me would be Oakland. You talked me into Oakland.
1: But what was your like but you had What was your like? Let's run through your likes.
4: Jets. Mm -hmm. Miami. Mm -hmm. Houston, you bet me against. Mm -hmm. New England, you bet me against. (laughs) Uh, Under, Rams. And then I like the Steelers as well.
1: You didn't like Minnesota?
4: I did not like Minnesota. Okay.
1: I thought you guys doubled. What one did you guys doubled up on the Jets? Yeah, I guess it's hard to make Oakland. What do you think, Fez? I mean, I guess the choices are Jets or Oakland, right? And you like Jets. Yeah, I
3: would. I think Maybe you made it. I a do. Like, I like. like Jets. Yes.
1: All right. Jets. Brad Powers. So, me, my choices are Oakland. I like Miami. It's yours. I like Carolina, but Fez somehow has the other side. It's going to be Raiders. So, Raiders. Like it. You got Fez.
3: I got the Fish plus six against the Bills, Jets plus one.
1: All right, guys, a lot of work, a lot of effort. Talk to you next week.
0: Thanks for listening to RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Catch the Wise Guy Roundtable each week. College football released on Wednesday, NFL on Thursday. Don't miss any winners. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Visit podcastone.com and download the Podcast One app. Have a question
3: for RJ? You can contact him directly on Twitter at RJInVegas. Live the dream with us each week.